Welcome to the War and Beast podcast, the podcast where we don't have enough time for creating catchphrases because we're too busy staring at Optimus's well-defined gorilla butt. This what week, nice butt it, is. it is. It it really is. It's a well-rendered ass. I will say that. <laughs> this week, <laughs> this week we are reviewing episode one. So technically, this is our second episode, but this is the first episode of the series. And th- joining us this week, it's me, Greg. I'm John. I'm Jordan. And, and I'm Kendall. And this is the first time I've ever been on a podcast where we're allowed to swear. Well, we'll, we'll it, it'll be one of those sort of every once in a while we'll make it colorful. Right, right. I mean, that's what I, they got I, the check marks. I, I, I got you. I got you. Uh, I got you. You just, I just. I probably shouldn't swear like a sailor, but a few no. things here and there probably yeah. won't be a problem. <laughs> I noticed that, that the only time I swear is when I'm relating a story and thus, like, what if it has swearing in the story itself? Yeah. Weirdly enough. For me, it just sort of sneaks out. Certainly don't have the mouth of a sailor. But yeah, it, it just sort of sneaks out every once in a while. So I apologize for anyone who might be offended, but there will be the little check mark in the box saying, you know, adult content. So <laughs> there you go. We'll get an explicit tag. Yeah, there uh, we go. Although don't the- our movies get like one F word? No, that's um, that's PG thirteen gets one. Wow. Um, it's one. I, it's not. I, it's it's one like curse word that would normally be uh be be bleeped. Like um, in I know that in uh, uh what is it, it was uh, uh two uh the Avengers two it was uh when when Tony Stark says shit and then and then uh Captain America says language. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best line of that whole movie. I, and also, I will say, knowing sort of knowing that. You know, PG thirteen movies only get the one curse word. Like, and you, and it's like, it's like a, it's like a haiku. Like, they have to make it count. Like, like in the in Zoolander two, there's uh, he he, they're showing a bunch of pictures in the of of all these models doing this look, and they're like, that's that's blue steel. That's you know, these are all blue steel. That's you. And and he says, and, and Zoolander says, are you effing kidding me? <laughs> And it's the only cuss, you know, it's the only F bomb in the whole movie. And it's like, it's just like, it's also, it's like the one time that he's like, this is the one thing I know that I know stuff about. But back uh, on track. Talking? Yes. Back, okay, back on track. So. Stuff, we can go on. <laughs> so this is, this is my segment that I'm uh, taking control of the podcast for a minute. Um, and we're going to do a segment I call, I like to call Kendall Reed's stuff from IMDB. Um, <laughs> So uh, a lot of uh, a lot of other podcasts that I've listened to in this genre will talk about trivia, and we all know that they're just reading the IMDb page. So I did want to talk about a couple of interesting points from this episode that were on the IMDb trivia page. First of all, this episode is notable for featuring Waspinator as a real threat to the Max- Maximals, because uh, in later episodes he's uh, he's a IMDb calls him much abused comic relief. Oh yeah, I'd say that's a that's a very apt description for. Uh, is it that quick of yeah. a drop off? Like after this, he's just comic relief and no I, more. Well, like I guess I guess we'll find out, but I would imagine it's you know this it's probably one of those things where the pilot episode has has slightly different takes on some of the characters. Um, I still like but, his voice. Okay, he's amazing. In Japan, the episode was called Cho Cho Semitai Transformer Tojo. Or enter the super robot life form Transformers. 
<laughs> yes. Which is a cool name. Although I will say I've been thinking about this a lot. I think a lot of times when you translate when you translate something literally from another language, it sounds a little bit ridiculous. I would imagine that in that you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you, I would imagine that, that that phrase is sounds sounds less ridiculous if it if it was actually in Japanese. I mean, um, they seem to like their adjectives and they add a lot to things. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I get yeah. Yeah, that that's 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 probably true. Also, also I always I, a lot of times I feel like there there are words I I almost wonder if they have like a lot of different words for super that whenever it gets it gets translated it just goes to super. Because I feel like, hmm. uh, you know, super, mega, whatever, they use very generic sounding adjectives whenever you translate a Japanese word. And I, I almost wonder if it's, um, you know, if it's poor translating. But I don't speak Japanese, so. Well, I mean, it's hard to have like a direct translation of something that's supposed to invoke a feeling, right? Right, right. And otherwise, like, they would have. Yeah. Otherwise, they, they. I mean, they called it. You know, they called. They called it Beast Wars Part One. You know, instead of Enter the Super Robot Lifeform Transformer. <laughs> you know, in in Japanese, that that sounds cool, and you know, in English, maybe not so much. Might have just um, been I mean, a in, bit of a in English. English is a little bit lazy, honestly, because the show's called Beast Wars. Yeah. Unless yeah, you, I mean, when true. I was a kid, it was it was Beasties in Canada, actually. It was kind of weird. Well, is it called is but is it uh is it called Beast Wars in Japan or is it just called Super Robot Lifeform Transformers? It's called Beast Wars because those laser disc covers had Beast Wars on them. Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> that that works. That and works. as we have as we have determined from the fir- our episode zero, laser disc is a big thing. So, laser disc <laughs> titles are canon. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Um, so let's see. Uh, before so before they scan for the animal forms, um, uh, you can you can only see like little glimpses of like close ups of the faces and hands and vaguely shadowy things. This is because they they actually did not have models for the Cybertronian forms of the uh, of the characters. I was wondering about that when I was watching. Yeah. It makes sense because at the yeah. time it was really like hardware intensive. So having more than one form that you had to render would have been quite a bit, I would say. So yeah, yeah. Well, even that's even like a thing. That's even like a thing today because I remember, or in the last few years, I remember when Clone Wars went from one set of character models to the next set of character models. They did like a bunch of out of continuity stories for like a couple episodes just so they could tie up all the loose ends with that time period because they never were going to be able to go back to that with with those old character models. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, that one's boring. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm so curious what it is. <laughs> oh, it just says, it just says when the Maximal and Predacon ships crash, the rising clouds briefly take on the shapes of human skulls. Um, <laughs> I did not notice that. I didn't <laughs> notice that either. I'll have to go back and watch that now. <laughs> okay. I've got two, two more. Um, one of them. So we'll probably talk about this when it actually happens, but, uh, the, it, the the page points out that um, everybody introduces themselves in names that sound like their animal, which means that they the- theoretically, they you know, Cheetor was not named Cheetor before he before yeah. he did this. They had yeah. previous names, and it's never explained why they renamed themselves. Well, I was thinking of it like a gargoyles thing where they just didn't have names. They just had like there was no names for them. They had no designation mm-hmm. and then they had to like they just picked them because they got new forms and I guess they didn't want to be called like one two two three because Optimus was always called Optimus. 
Right. Yeah. He's the only one who keeps his name, right? He was even, in fact, called Primal because we'll get to it later, I guess. But yeah. Right, right. And they're, ma- yeah, I mean, and they're Maximals and Predacons. They're not Autobots and Decepticons and stuff. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess that maybe that makes sense because that would explain, and I don't remember this, but don't the, the pod, don't the people when they come from the pods, like, join whichever team finds them first? Yeah. Well, so, which is weird. Yeah. And I, I remember specifically that usually, uh, and it might be take they might do this off screen, but when the Predacons find them, they actually reprogram yeah. them. Yeah. Okay. Like I, and I only know this because I remember specifically how Black Arachnia's story goes. And yes, yeah. I was going to yeah. bring that up. That's a big point in the third season about yeah. uh, how that comes back into play. Yeah. And uh, this is the this is the last one, which is actually kind of a cool thing. Um, so uh, Scorponok is seen, and he's got the maximal symbols on his missiles. This represents the number of maximal kills he has made before his arrival to uh, to the planet. Oh wow! Um, <laughs> and it is not. This is very important. IMDb says it is not an animation mistake. <laughs> That is huh. totally not a retcon. No, I mean if it's on IMDb, you know. <laughs> yeah, they have they have super high standards, I assume. Yep. Um, and there you are there are also internet. sometimes I might talk about uh, the because there's also like continuity things um, that are questioned and and goofs in the episode, but there weren't any that were that bad in this one, so I'm not going to no. bring that up. But I might at some point. Also, at some point, I might talk about the voice actors. Um, this this week though, I just want to say Cheetor is Goku, which I totally did not realize. Yep. Oh my god! Now that yep. you say it, it's I can't not hear it. <laughs> oh my god! Totally like, I recognized the voice, and I was like, "Who is that?" He's Goku, and he's Bob from Reboot. Yes. Oh yep. wow. He was which Bob by, and Goku. By wow. the way, by the way, ever since we announced that we were going to do this podcast, Reboot just keeps coming up. So. Um, <laughs> Well, of course, you know, it, it's soon, when I when I um, when I decide to, uh, you know, that I that I don't have enough power and, and want to and want to um, have my own podcast, I might have to start a, a reboot rewatch podcast. That'd be cool. Because uh, everybody hates that show. And I don't. I love reboot. <laughs> Who hates reboot? I don't know. I just feel like every time it gets brought up, it, it, people talk about how it does not hold up at all. And it totally does. It's oh, yeah. Like, totally. It's does. Just like Are they Looney talking about the style. animation? Well, they're yeah. I mean, I, they do. They definitely talk about the animation, which I think it it holds up like endearingly. Like yeah, it's, yeah, it's like dated, could... but for that show, it really works. Like if they tried to do Beast Wars with that style of with that level of of computer animation, I think it wouldn't work. Like even even watching this episode of Beast Wars, um, I mean, it held up well enough, but like. If it was any, if it was any further back, I think I would, it, I would get pulled out of it. Yeah, it, it would have definitely been a detriment to to the episode. Like even when I was watching, I was like, man, those those backgrounds were a bit. Yeah, rough. yeah I'm not sure if it is like worse than. I mean, if it is better than reboot, because like I would say the main difference between reboot and Beast Wars is that reboot is trying to like replicate people. I mean, they're green people, but they're still people. <laughs> And yeah. this is robots, which is way easier to like fake. I yeah. mean, the animal forms look considerably goofier than the robot forms. Oh, yeah. Re- reboot did was released a couple years earlier. It was it, reboot started in ninety four and Beast Wars started in ninety six. So I would assume okay. that the technology that they were using was, I mean, in the technology in the nineties 
was like every year the number of bits that your that your video game system doubled yeah Yeah, you were playing an eight bit your first you were playing your four bit atari and the next year next week you're playing your eight bit nintendo then you're playing your 16 bit then you're playing your 32 then 64 and then they stopped counting i guess yeah i got the 128 it kind of just stopped yeah like it's too many numbers (laughs) we can't fit it all on there so since we're talking about trivia do you want to mention what i found about on the tf wiki while we're at it uh sure go for it i wasn't paying attention <laughs> when you said it earlier <laughs> well, then it's well just just i was talking about when we were talking about how you know the wikis have like a more playful attitude there but two two like also like trivia and continuity note things there that i found interesting was the one about how like the ambient wild wildlife and such makes it seem like they're in africa where they crash, but then they they had dinosaur fossils of uh, what was it a Velociraptor and Triosaurus, which aren't you know aren't supposedly there uh, in the Af- you know Africa area. And then there's the other continuity note where it says Rat Trap is a serious asshole this early in the series. <laughs> so true, so so true. Yeah, we'll get to that, but wow, that I just guy. love how someone just put that there. <laughs> was it in bold well, lettering? It better have no. been in bold lettering. No, it's just it's just the second bullet point. <laughs> Internet, you have failed me again. Um, I do have one bit of trivia, sort of tangentially related. The 30th anniversary of the original Transformers animated movie is today. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah, it's uh, been all over my Facebook. I love that movie, so I thought I would just give a shout out to the creators of it. It's considered to, for a lot of people now to be a classic, which I I myself do. I sort of consider it like maybe not in the experimental sense of animation with other ones like heavy metal or what have you, but uh, it definitely had its own feel. The story was really dark compared to what you had with the series. So it was definitely a different take. I know that it was a bit of a spin to re to introduce the new toys, but at the same time, it's like, wow, there could have been so many other ways you could have done it. And they were just like, you know what? (laughs) We're just going to go this way with it and see how it goes. And we're going to scar so many kids for life, but we don't care. (laughs) We're going to sell so many toys. Yeah. As someone who loves animation, one of my favorite parts of that movie is the animation. I, yeah. I love it. Looks yeah. great. Watching some of the the old scenes, the only thing that I found didn't really hold up as well as, uh, and I'm sort of hoping that with because they're going to be re releasing it, or unless they already have, and I've just missed it. Um, I'm hoping they've done a bit more tweaking on the sound, just because I found that the sound at times was a bit wonky or okay. or even clunky, I guess. Like a lot of the explosions toward the end and such. So I have to check because I know I have a DVD copy. I think it's like an earlier, like anniversary edition of the movie. Yeah, I have to take a listen to the sound. I do know that the soundtrack is just one of those things that kind of makes it too because it's just the most eighties of of eighties songs. Stan Bush, you got the touch. You've got the power. (laughs) So good. I, I, I. I mentioned regular show uh, in the or in episode zero, but there was a point where they do like a giant robot f- fight, and that song plays as oh, they nice. as they make the giant robot. Oh, so, uh, what's that a game that came out? That's like an old game, but it's been like Shadow Warrior. I think it might be called. Oh, okay, yeah, I think yeah, I think it's that, Shadow that, Warrior. 
that game opens up with like the main guy listening to the touch by Stan Bush. And it's like, <laughs> it's amazing. It sets the tone for that game and it's a great tone. <laughs> you can't beat Stan Bush. Let's, let's just put it out there. His new song he did for the transformers game was really good too. Uh, oh, that's right. He did come up with a new song. Can't remember the, this, it might, I don't remember what the song's called, but it's really good. And both, both, uh, the touch and that song are on rock band. And, those are my go-to. <laughs> oh, it's really good. It, yeah, it, it's one of those ones that I that I hold close to my heart. It's it's definitely uh, one of those ones that I will probably watch again here in the next little bit. I would imagine. So going it's a bonus episode actually. Yeah, that actually would be a very good bonus episode. It might have to be like a two-part yeah. episode, depending. But I would definitely long. be up for that. Yeah, so, that would be fun. So going through, as we stated earlier, this is episode one, uh, Beast Wars Part 1, and then followed, of course, by Beast Wars Part 2. Thankfully, the naming scheme does get a little bit better as we go. <laughs> but this like this starting episode, we start out, uh, of course, with the opening credits. and Talk about really, another rocking theme. This yes. one is the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> Beast so, Wars! Yes, I wanted one to do that, so thank you. <laughs> but the, yeah. um, so the episode starts uh, in a star field, and then from there we get like this sort of wobbly effect, and then of course we have Megatron's ship pull through first, follow very, I, yeah, then very right. closely by, by the Maximal ship in hot pursuit. Megatron's ship, of course, is uh, already appearing to be doing quite a bit of damage to the maximal ship from what i can tell well the maximal ship is is supposed to be an explorer ship and not actually a fighting one yeah which is why (laughs) which is why rat rat traps mad um (laughs) but yeah so so this is this is um something that i kind of wonder about i mean and we don't know anything about anything at this point i don't know anything about even transformers so there's no i don't know what's going on in the lead up to this but like so so they don't have so their ship is an explorer sh- exploration ship, not a battle cruiser. But they were the only ship that could lock onto Megatron's warp signature. So do they have like a they better were, like, they warp drive in their ship because they're an exploration ship? It might I think because they weren't they were near them at the time. Yeah, sense, I yes. think. It could be or the sensors too if they're an exploration ship. Well, I mean, I guess that I guess, and I guess that means every Star Trek Trek episode ever, they're like, "Oh, we're the only one, we're the only ship in the area." Yeah. So they they must have like everybody, all the all the uh, maximal exploration ships or ba- and battle cruisers and things must just have like a a general. Yeah, I guess you would have to be kind of close to lock on to something. Yeah, it could be too sort of similar to like w- with Star Trek. They're like they sort of have different ways of identifying like warp trails or exhaust trails that they're able to track. And after a certain amount of time, it probably dissipates or or something along those lines, too. So, yeah, I mean, their ship does have a trans warp drive. Yeah. So which, you know, is is made up techno babble. I love it. I love <laughs> made up techno babble in this because like you know like you know that it's just straight up like either pulled from Star Trek because they're talking about warps and and stuff. Like this the you know hull breach in sector 7 guidance systems fail. Like it could be it could be the cold open for an episode of Star Trek very easily. Oh, absolutely. oh definitely. All these space shows are like that. Like even Gundam has a lot of that like right. And I I, I just I like I like that. I like I sort of like um 
it's like kind of leaning into the cheese just a little bit, but also it sounds cool. <laughs> yeah. And, and like when I was, and, and it's sort of, I mean, this was really one of, that was one of the big things about this show is, I mean, I watched some Star Trek when I was a kid and stuff, but this was one of those shows, one of the first shows that was, that really felt like something more resembling so, almost science fiction rather than just a, just a superhero show. Yeah. Um, I, I want to so say, like um, started out with that. Yeah. And I want to say that this, this opening, like this, this is not the original Transformer setup of like an explorer ship locks onto like a ship that's more full of soldiers, and then they have to like fight on this world that they're stranded on. It was, it was, they were both kind of soldiers, and this setup gets recreated when they do Transformers animated. Yeah, like that crew, they were like like Optimus and all them. They were just like they were repairing a gate, I think. Yeah, and they they just happened to be near this happening. And Optimus being like a go-getter was like, let's go like take these guys down and because we're the only ones who can track them. And again, they get trapped on Earth and it's very much the same setup. That's kind of cool that it went on to for, um, later Transformers series. It is. It really is. It shows sort of as well that dynamic where, you know, Autobots or Maximals are a bit more scientific based, not really wanting to fight and sort of having to take on that role whereas the Predacons or the Decepticons or you know they're sort of like the military cast or the warrior class of of the Transformer society yeah. so but going through so we've got the the space battle going on Rat Trap as was alluded to earlier is being a bit of a dick <laughs> of course <laughs> commenting about how uh, shields are going down or no, rather, Cheetor is the one who's. I think he said something to the effect of "Shields so, are doing a major fade." Yeah, yeah. So I've got it. It's actually the first lines are actually on IMDb. I pulled up yeah. this just in case. But Cheetor says, "Hull breach since Actor Seven guidance systems failing." Rat Trap says, "Oh man, this is ridiculous. We're an exploration ship, not a battle cruiser." And then Optimus Primal's all, "We had no choice. Ours was the only ship that could lock onto Megatron's warp signature." <laughs> and, and then yeah, Perfect. and then yeah, Cheetor says. Shields are doing a major fade and plasma cannons full power to Optimus. So yeah, so uh, yeah, Rat Trap is panicking and yeah. everyone else is actually uh, at this point reasonably stuff. panicking. I would say like and being reasonably against this. I I think, but later on he gets a little bit more. Yeah, well, and and rightfully so too because as the scene progresses, we we then go to the Predacon ship and you can hear who turns out to be Dinobot who is essentially saying we should finish them now. Their shields are down and Megatron making probably like one of the first of many mistakes strategically over the course of this entire series. is like, no, and just what fun he wants, is that? Yeah, he, like, he wants to play with them like, a bit first. The fun in that, a little torment, I think, first. And then, of course, we get his first instance of yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, is, you know, you know, if they had a blown, if they had just blown him up right then and there, then yep. there'd be no, no there would be no Beast Wars. Yeah, yep. the, the, the Predacons win and they get the planet that's full of the the Energon so they can do all this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that was a pretty big and it's it's a moment of of hubris, which ever since I took mythology in college, I always noticed it everywhere in every single thing ever. But like. Yep. When you have when somebody gets gets overconfident and then they end up paying for it, and I I kind of like that. I pretend yeah. like I pretend like um, Beast Wars was channeling uh, Greek mythology for that. Ah uh, yes, hubris. A lot of modern stories do really. Yeah, yeah. You can definitely see it over the course of this series as well. How 
you know, it all sort of comes full circle, especially at the very end. But uh, yeah, so like, going like, oh, did we mention what uh, in the opening shots that you get to see the 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 planet from space that they're crashing onto before they crash? Oh, yeah, no, it's pretty didn't. much blue. Yeah. Well, yeah, but there's That's also it. two moons. Yeah. What? Yes. Exactly. Yeah, they're just two yeah. moons. And there's a, I know there's a shot later where you can kind of see them in the where sky too. You can see too. two crescent mm-hmm. moons. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think it's, uh, is it when they're on? I think it's when they're on the the maximal ship at one point. Yeah. I want to say that I they're... never noticed the moons. Wow. <laughs> yep. Two moons. Which which would um so I guess if if this if in this world in this universe Earth has two moons then I guess uh, dinosaur bones could be in Africa. <laughs> yeah. So take that wiki. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the gauntlet's been cast. There we go. Somebody's gonna probably come back and say mm-hmm. the internet says this. Well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so going forward, the. Uh, after that scene with Dinobot and Megatron, we go back to the Maximal ship, and there's a big alert going on. The side guns of the Predacon ship have fired and have blown really big holes into the Maximal ship. Do a cool maneuver where they, because the Maximal ship was following the Predacon ship, but the Predacon ship like turns and like crosses by them and shoots them with their side guns. Yeah, they become following them instead. Yeah, and they they at one point I think as well they're they're sort of like right along. It's all it's very almost very naval, uh, where you have them side by side. Totally. So after that show, after those guns go off, Cheetah reports that there's a rupture and that the stasis hold is failing. As we come to find out. Their stasis hold is essentially like a cargo area that is full of these sort of manned stasis pods. Optimus basically orders to launch all pods to make sure that they're in a safe order. Yeah, to make sure that they're in a safe orbit. Sort of alluded to that it's like later on in the episode it's alluded to that it's the crew of that ship. Which makes me wonder how many exactly they had in there because there was quite a few that were launched. There's a lot of there's yeah. a lot of pods coming out of that ship. Yeah. And why why were they like that to, they, so here's here's what doesn't make sense. And I'm gonna be super nitpicky here because that's what we're here for. Okay, so so I'm trying to get this this in my head. So they're there's so at least got 20 a skeleton pods crew flying them. the ship. Yeah. And it's their and they're and they're they're it's an exploration ship. Either they were either they were in the process of exploring or they were just about to get started exploring because because of things that Rat Trap says. And they've got their crew in stasis pods. Were they were they waiting to find a planet to bring the crew out? Why were the crew in stasis? I'm guessing from from what I've seen, like based on the size of the ship, it, it would make sense to me. I'm just sort of thinking back on it now. They probably had them in stasis because it was the most efficient way to transport a large crew. Mm-hmm. And then once they found a planet, then they would bring the crew out of stasis and then they'd be able to start exploring a planet. I'm assuming it was probably like a planetary exploration sort of crew. But then Rat Trap really shouldn't be mad that they go to this... Interesting, different planet. He should be yep. super excited. Yep. Well, I have words about that too, but we'll wait. <laughs> he just likes to complain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So once all the the pods have been launched, uh, Optimus orders plasma plasma cannons to full power. He they and orders them to fire. To sort of shoot off into the other for a few moments, and then they make contact with the Predacon ship. And direct hit. From there. 
both ships start to make a descent into the planet, and we get a cool little scene as they're going through the atmosphere. One sort of goes straight, makes a straight down-looking crash. The other one sort of goes off in an angle. Did you ever wonder why that wing just ble- breaks off of the Predacon ship? Yeah. Like it starts tumbling, and then the wing just flies yeah, off. Yeah, because it didn't get hit. Yeah. yeah. Maybe the resistance... Of it, yeah, like, falling down. Structural integrity thing, just like the when the ti- didn't the Titanic like break in half when it was falling. Yeah. 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 So which that, one? Of, that very you well think the Predacon was the one on the angle, and the Maxima was the straight one down. I think the Maxima was the one on the angle, to be honest, because just the way that it looked, like as they started going through the atmosphere, the the Predacon ship almost looked to me like it was going straight down, and that the Maximal ship, when it was entering the atmosphere, was going at a more of an angle entry. I think. I did see the skulls that time, by the way. Oh, you <laughs> did? Yeah. Cool. So I guess it's a good trivia. It's good it's something subtle. to look for. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so this this makes me think of something else. You know. So so basically, they end in a draw. Yeah. So you've got you've got an the the Maximals exploration ship fighting against the assumedly the Predacons are in, although they do have a trans warp drive in it and stuff. So maybe it's maybe it's also an exploration ship. It looks like a fighter or something, but I mean, it's assumedly it's a warship. You know, it's 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 one of the same. It's one of the same issues that I, I think is a that comes up to me that I think about sometimes with Star Trek. It's like you've got one society that that their goal is exploration and peace and stuff, and you've got this other society who's devoted to blowing things up. And yet, whenever <laughs> they fight, the society that that doesn't have lots of guns on their ships seems to win the fights. And uh, at least it's a draw this time, I guess. But like, it's like, well, as we said, it's because it's because Megatron was just too up in his own business, and he's just right. like, this this thing is no problem, and he just yeah, so they got a hit on him because of that. Well, yeah. it's the it's the um it's the opposite of what Dark Helmet says in Spaceballs when he says evil will always <laughs> win because good is dumb. It's really good will always win because evil is dumb. I think that's <laughs> that's at least true. Um, that's at least a good what, way of putting kids it. shows. That's yeah. that seems yeah. to be the case. Yeah. yeah, in kids shows, it's always evil is always its own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So going forward, uh, we have a scene where Pan on the Maximal ship crash. It looks pretty banged up at this point. There's smoke billowing out of the ship, and you hear Optimus asking for a damage report, and Cheetor basically responds with, "You don't want to know." <laughs> and and Optimus like, "That's what I thought." Everything. So already you can tell this is off to a great start. We then flip over to the Predacon ship and we have Megatron, as it turns out, to be asking his navigational computer, asking if this is the right planet. And it's coming back saying it doesn't know. It says that the core settings are accurate, but readings are not consistent with what was expected for for the destination. So that sort of makes you wonder, okay, where exactly were they trying to go? Um, Well, they say where they're trying to go. Yeah. Later. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. Okay. It'll be kind of interesting as it plays out as like later on in the series, as, as it turns out. We aren't going to spoil it for anybody here. <laughs> Truck yeah, I don't Mickey. remember, um, so, so, it'll be, so I definitely won't spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things... So Megatron at this point isn't really concerned as to whether or not it's the right planet. The thing that he's mainly concerned with is whether there's Energon here. And the computer confirms that, yes, that there is. And then the computer... Megatron, of course, gives us another lovely yes. Yep. 
and then the computer re- retorts with there's too much energon and that the field of readings are off the scale and basically says that you can't go out in your robot forms because it'll result in permanent damage. So that I want to bring up here. Yep. Okay, so energon in this series is like this crystal thing that has energy and is radioactive in a way that hurts them. In in G1, they just went and like, okay, here's a bunch of gasoline and we're going to turn it into energon. Yeah. They didn't like they energon wasn't like its own substance in like mm-hmm. in G1. So I thought that's kind of interesting that they changed it here so that it's it's this actual mineral that they can find. It could be too that completely unprocessed. Yeah. Like it, it could be that because of where they are, um, basically, as we come to find out, the planet's Earth. What it could be is that Energon is native to the planet, and then over the course of several million years, sort of like when you get coal into diamonds, that raw Energon maybe turns into another type of fuel source. So it's not fossil fuels, it's, it's, it's Energon fuels. Yeah. <laughs> well, I. It, if you're talking about like radioactivity, it's probably being in a, on a planet covered with enriched uranium versus standing next to a microwave. Sometimes the energon's probably much more concentrated on on the at the on this this planet where they're where they're at. Also, I mean, is there an official thing? Is this is Beast Wars connected with other with other Transformers, or yeah, is it its it own is. universe? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it is. It is connected, um, as we'll find out in season two. Yeah. Well, okay. technically, even this season, I suppose you could say it, it is connected well, just yeah, because they, of some of the references. Yeah, they mentioned the Great War, mm-hmm. and uh, and I I'm not sure if it's this episode, but they do mention that the Maximals and Predacons came from the Autobots and Decepticons. Yeah. Oh, they do. They do specific. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I didn't. I. I'm I'm the guy that doesn't know stuff, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, with with that in mind, Megatron makes a statement that well, we can we'll create alternate forms based on powerful local creatures to protect us from the radiate the harmful radiation of the energon. And so then they activate their scanner. Scanner goes off and starts scanning around what I can assume is a volcano. Yeah, it looks like they landed in a kind of a crater, a volcanic crater of some kind, and the Maximals landed in some kind of like a uh, like canyon type thing. Yeah. I I I read somewhere where it's supposed to be an active shield volcano is oh, where okay. they landed. So that's probably why it's not a mountain. Yeah, that makes sense. Gotcha. Then. Yeah, but uh, so the scanning goes on goes through you know we notice a definite difference with the predacon scanner in that it's scanning fossils around the site as well as different insects that are around there as well we see a a uh, a spider and a wasp that are sort of the wasp seems a lot bigger than i would have anticipated for the spider <laughs> well uh, yeah maybe it's I mean, one of those spider killing wasps <laughs> <laughs> and it's What's like the most dangerous animals on the on the planet are bugs, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and arachnids. Bugs oh, and bones. Yep, there well, we go. I was then again, of... the computer doesn't even know where it is. I mean, you know, <laughs> maybe true. the computer's interpretation of what's dangerous isn't necessarily uh, the best. I mean, they are dangerous, but not as dangerous as, like, they could be. There's other things more dangerous in more overt well, ways. <laughs> I would say, I well, would say if you compare the, the animals that the Predacons are and the animals that the uh, – that the maximals in are into there is not a it, it's it, there is not a correlation between um, Megatron saying give me the most powerful animals and the type of animals that the computer chose versus 
assumedly the Maximals, they're like, give me the animals that kids will interpret as good guys. Yeah, the yeah. computer on the Predacon side is like, we can only do insects and reptiles, though. That's it. Well, <laughs> to be fair, it I guess it was damaged. Yeah, although I have to wonder as well. How big a big insect might just be terrifying anyways. I mean, yeah. maybe it was thinking the scale it was going at. I, outside, yeah, it's, that, it's, that scorpion is small. But then when it's when you take it to Scorpionok, that's a huge scorpion. And that's <laughs> kind of... And, oh, and, and, and unlike um, G1 Transformers, where like big-ass Megatron turns into a handgun, I mean, admittedly, a handgun for a robot, so it's bigger than a normal handgun, there's no size changing. Like, they, they, they don't lose mass... No, when they turn in, so it's not like he turns into a little tiny scorpion. Like you're right. Yeah. It's, you think they drew straws when they did the scan? Like all of them <laughs> sort of lined up and was like, mm, we'll draw straws and you they get definitely the pick. pick their forms because yeah. like they mentioned that. Well, Rat Trap gets r- is really excited about being a rat. Yeah. <laughs> like like real like they all are like I chose the best one. Yeah. Probably, there's funny. probably like a list of like all of the animals in the entire animal kingdom or you know all of the mammals and birds for the maximals and all of the uh reptiles and insects for the for the predacons but like they're like i this is the best one you know <laughs> a, a list specifically of earth animals yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. on this well, other earth planet with two moons animals <laughs> yeah so yeah we so we cut from the predacon ship back to the maximal ship they start scanning for animals as well. We get, as they're scanning, we see a couple of cheetahs. We see a rhino a rhino that is on the ground and a gorilla in a tree above him. So we can infer that the Maximals came to the same conclusion as the Predacons, that there's too much energon here. Yes. Yeah, which, which to me, I, I will say, I mean, I guess it makes a little more sense now that you've said that it's connected with the Transformers, so probably they're, the idea of a, of a in-disguised form makes, makes some sense. Yeah. Although it does seem like a very specific logic leap to say, "Oh, we're we're going to be hurt by the by this radiation, so we need to turn into animals to avoid that." Yeah, seems seems a very a, like a very specific logic leap that two <laughs> completely independent uh, groups came to. But I well, guess I they, so. Uh, it's like saying apparently the energy draw just radiation doesn't affect organic material, so that's, that's why what I was humans thinking. are fine. Right, right. I guess, yeah, I guess that makes sense. And then they have, so then they develop, they put, but then why not just like put on like organic outfits? Why, why do they have to, why do they have to limit themselves to being animals? Like, why do they jump to that? But I guess, you, you know, cause there isn't, cause I guess, I guess the thing is, and I mean, I don't know anything about Transformers, but at least what I got from the first Michael Bay movie is that part of the reason that you, that they transform is to disguise themselves but it doesn't. See, but in Beast Wars, especially once they figure out what the four what the four people on the other team look like, it's not mu- it's not as much of a of a disguise thing. Oh, it's so the it's giant just, scorpion. It's no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> just a giant wasp, big bug. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Cheeto is like, what? It's just a bug. <laughs> oh, you guys are freaking out because that's the wrong size for a bug. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that's one thing someone brought up earlier. But they wouldn't. I don't remember what someone said, but it was something about like they wouldn't know about Earth. But they clearly have Earth knowledge because he yeah. says specifically, "I'm a cheetah." He doesn't say like, "Oh, I'm this cat thing." Like he knows what a cheetah is. Like they all know what they are, and that could be from the scans. But it seems like too specific. I don't know. Like and and as we yeah, so they have to have some kind of knowledge of Earth. Or maybe yeah. maybe it's being translated from Cybertronian. So they have these made up words for the thing. Although I guess then they name themselves. 
to name themselves. Exactly. So it's it's translated to Cheetor. <laughs> it's also translated. <laughs> He's called like Plusma Blob in Cybertronian. <laughs> I would imagine. I, I feel like I feel like there probably are Cybertronian names for for Transformers characters. Is that a thing? Oh, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there is a there is a language like in the there first is, Transformers, like in the first Michael Bay Transformers movie, you hear them talking in in Cybertronian. I think okay. Optimus does speak Cybertronian in other movies as well. Okay, so yeah. maybe they have, maybe they have, uh, um, that. and and not only, well, yeah, and not only do they have, uh, do they have, uh, uh, Earth knowledge, but um, Rat Trap is able to ma- to turn his name into a pun related to something from the twentieth, from specifically twentieth century. Yeah. So speaking of puns, Cheetor looks spot on. Spot on, smooth as it is. Mm, yes, <laughs> I love that so much. Like I was saying on the group, like I was worried that we wouldn't have stuff to make fun of, but there's, even though it's still a good show, there's plenty to like joke about. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, that that growl though that he gives. Oh. Yeah, that is not the best growl. It, it really is not. It kind of reminds me of like Simba in the Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> when he's working the on his roar. Looks better. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah but but Beast Wars was the in. future. Yeah, I mean, true. Lion King was was the was was close <laughs> to the end of that era. I think it was oh, the last two D. I mean, it wasn't the last because they made more now, but I think it was like at the time the last two D Disney, movie, and they went on to like Pixar's. Well, they did. Uh, Pocahontas and Mulan were both after Lion King. Oh, so yeah, you're right. Never yeah. mind then. But they were yeah, quite I, a bit I think after that, it. But like, it may have been. It, I mean, I don't know how timelines work, but it may have been like the last. The last one before Toy Story, which, you know, Toy Maybe, Story kind of yeah. changed the game. Um, so they still, you know, it was but it was definitely like, you know, you had 80 years of 2D animation to build up. And then and then now we're and we're talking about Beast Wars, which was probably I mean, when did Toy Story come out? Like, was that 95 to the Internet? <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid to. Search for anything. I, I have I have my phone that. on data right now. I'll use that to like look at the let's But with the, the introductions I we're we're introduced to Cheetor, who obviously is a cheetah. Uh after which we have Optimus sort of respond with interesting and Cheetor's like it's spot on smooth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um yeah. And then it goes on to Rat Trap, who's a class act because rats are classy, apparently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, well, it's it's a it's a rat with a New York accent, so of course it's classy. Yeah, like this is this is probably like an ancestor <laughs> of the rat who grabbed that slice of pizza in the YouTube video. Well, you know, you know what though, you know what though, I maybe um because he is support, he is sort of yeah, he does have like that that New York accent, but like somebody who talked like that in an old timey movie would say that they were classy. But actually, they were in like a cheap, you know, a cheap suit. Oh, definitely. You know, with starch on the shirt or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, so I guess that makes that doesn't make sense that he says he's classy, and the fact that he says he's classy shows that he's actually not. Exactly. And, and that uh, apparently infuriates Cheetor to the point where he threatens to kill Rat Trap. Wait, wait, wait. He says <laughs> pieces to pieces, which I find absolutely yeah. hilarious because. Yeah. But he might as well said, I'm going to fucking cut you. Like, what the hell? <laughs> yes, but, but he did it in the most convoluted way. You reference <laughs> some old cartoon with mice called Trixie and Dixie. And I'm like, what? Yeah, he, he says, how about I cut Mises to pieces? 
<laughs> and then it's, then we then we have a big rhinoceros show up in the ship, which nobody seems to have a, a blink an eye at. And he says, "Living large is for forms like me." And then he announces that he's Rhinox. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's shortly after that that uh, Optimus is in the CR chamber, and it opens up. He comes out in the form of a gorilla, and from here he uh, asks everybody to sort of cool their jets or moderate their conflict circuits as it is. Yes. And he goes on to... Thank you so much. <laughs> and he goes on... 95. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, so this was right so this was right after Toy Story, so that's yeah. where we are in that's where we are in CG technology like period. So, you know. yeah. Mm-hmm. And in 96, so yeah, Windows 95, that's why everything looks like a Windows 95 screensaver. Yep. <laughs> so we go on uh, Optimus again reminds them that the energon fields out there can damage them hence why they have these these animal forms uh that they will short out after a few minutes exposure uh in the robot forms and notes how it's a very unusual planet where whatever it is or whenever and rhinox uh interjects and says that the trans warp drive can go through space as well as time yep Yep. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so he, he makes note that I, we could be any place, any time. And I I didn't remember so no one, that, that was brought up so quickly. Like I thought that was going to be like a big reve- that was a big reveal that they went they they, they could have gone through time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least no yeah. one did the trope of like when someone says where are we, someone does or or is it when are we? <laughs> <laughs> See, I feel like is that really a trope? Like, do people really say? Do people really say that? Like, with it not just being trying to be over the top cheesy. I, I don't know. I know that uh, Gravity Falls did it, but they were purposely kind of doing it corner. Yeah. Like as, as right, a right. Joke. And it shows so, up in the, the Doctor Who parody on Community and yeah. stuff. But like, does does it do they say something along those lines on uh, in like Back to the Future or something? Like, because I don't think I, I don't. Think I, I've watched a fair amount of Doctor Who, and they don't say anything like that. Back to the Future. I, they were purposely going for time, right? Like, right. Yeah. Like, I think they 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 did some like Doc Brown convict. Uh, like corrects him once where he's like it's not where it's when like but but and it's rather serious at that point even though it you know it's a bit of a comedy so but i honestly can't think of uh us anything that has used when are we as as an actual serious line yeah yeah but also i'm sure there i'm sure there are there are lots of time travel b movies from the from the 60s and 70s that every that have just totally been lost to time so so maybe that was hell lost a time. Get it? <laughs> um, I I do want to point out though, even though the it doesn't the rationale for them having the beast forms, I don't totally understand or buy. I'm okay, first of all, I'm okay with that. Um, and second of all, I think it is it actually is a really good plot device. Them getting you know only being able to be in robot form for a finite amount of time. Um, and and sort of and it's and it's interest it interestingly like roots them to this planet in kind of a strange in kind of in in, in, a, in a strange way like you know these people were they were they were blank slates before they randomly came to this planet and now they're immediately they're immediately tied to the planet because their their beast forms are you know that they spend most of the time are based on are based on animals from the planet which is kind of an interesting i think it's an interesting plot character thing and without it there'd be literally no reason for them to transform into the animals because they're like yeah. worse in every way with their animals 
the, right, the, right. And they're not, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they're not disguised. Like they don't have the, whoever, whoever decided to write this decided that they did not want to have them be disguising among people, you know, trying to, trying to have animals as their secret identity or whatever. They, they yeah. decided that they wanted it to be this, this faction is fighting this faction on an otherwise deserted planet, basically. Cause there's not even that many animals on this planet. No, no. No, it's probably no. the reason for that is, you know, can only animate so many things at once. <laughs> right. But <laughs> it, it gives an almost uh, like an almost post-apocalyptic feel. No, it does give it a cool tone. I agree. The atmosphere yeah. is cool in the show. Yeah. Get, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's it's really interesting. And maybe that's I mean, maybe that's why they chose to set it in like a more prehistoric time so they could have it be a more sort of desolate, simple landscape rather than having to make buildings and stuff. Makes sense. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that had to be a factor. Well, that was probably one of many factors, especially what we'll find out through later seasons as well, how it sort of ties into to where they are, or rather when they are. Progressing with the the scene after they make the comment of that they could be anywhere or any time, Optimus comments that, Thankfully, the crew's in orbit in the stasis pods that we lost in the battle, but they're project- protected from the Energon fields because of that same orbit. So mm-hmm. now we know, okay, well, they're up there. They can't be affected by it, but these guys down here can be. So hence why they had to take the forms, I guess. To a, I imagine the pods reason. also protect them a bit. Yes. Yeah, I think in a few later episodes, it's sort of alluded to that if the pods are damaged, then the crew inside can be affected by it. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, the pods can protect them to a, to a degree. So I, I, something, something to interject here. So they keep calling them pods. And I think it's interesting because you're call you said, and you're rightfully, so you're calling them, um, stasis pods, meaning that the people are like in suspended animation or whatever. But yeah. I always thought of them as escape pods mm-hmm. because they were, launching them out and i don't think that the, that he ever act, he just calls them pods he doesn't say one way or the other you're you're definitely right but it's it i i, I always thought it was kind of an interesting thing because it i think i even like learned what an escape pod was after seeing beast wars mm-hmm. like uh like the concept you know because i'd read star wars novels or whatever but i started doing that afterwards and i was like oh those are escape pods i didn't even it never had occurred to me that those are actually stasis pods yeah well i there might be times where where they make mention of it being stasis pods. I almost want to say I think they do at some point make mention that it's a stasis pod. I almost want to say they said it when they released them, but I could no, be wrong. They, yeah. I, they mentioned the stasis hold was hit. Oh, and, yes, that's right. And when they jettoned some, I think they just said pods. Yeah, yeah. he so said like, launch all pods is the... Yes. Okay, yeah. 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 So, so you can infer it, but... Yeah, but I yeah. don't and think... And they do say... They talk about stasis. Like, I think they say, like, something yeah. about make sure they're in stasis or something. But, uh, yeah, I just I just wanted to point that point that out as, as one of those things that probably people who are listening also may have thought. And when you listen to a podcast, you're like, I thought this. And then they say what you're thinking. And you're like, that makes that a good podcast. Yeah. <laughs> True enough. Good podcast. See, we're looking for those awards. It's a really good podcast. <laughs> we're going to win a webby. I, I think we Ooh. might be. We, we have a chance to be one of the top 10 podcasts on Audio Entropy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just have to hope that there is not a 10th and an 11th podcast that are at it soon. <laughs> 
going forward, we see the scene shift back to the, the Predacon ship. We see their ship is not looking that much better. They have a, a what appears to be some sort of a cargo ramp or landing ramp that's down. The Predacons are coming out of it now, and we get our first glimpse of Dinobot. He is holding a golden disc, as it were, and uh, he is pretty much flipping out, saying that it's the wrong planet, and is alluding to the, that it can't be Earth. So we know that, okay, they, that's where they were going for. They were trying to get to Earth. We don't know why, but apparently that's why. And he, acu- he accuses Megatron of failing. Megatron's and, like, there's lots of energy on here. Who cares? Yeah. He's, he's pretty much being like Starscream, but like more aggressive and overt with it, where he's like, straight up, let's fight. While Starscream kind of just whined and tried to like screw over Megatron sometimes, but he didn't like straight up go, let's fight for leadership like this guy does. Yeah. Starscream is very behind the scenes, trying to stab you in the back sort of thing. If the opportunity arose where he could take Megatron out, he took it. Whereas Dinobot's going to be in your face and he's going to call you out on it. He's like, you're not a fit leader. So Yeah, totally. And he is a Dinonicus or a Velociraptor, depending on how you want to go with it. (laughs) (laughs) We'll go with Velociraptor for right now. That way we can can tie in a bit to Jurassic Park as well. Yeah, I was going to say that too, Jurassic Park. Um, So at that point, he sort of, throws the golden disc into the dark. We see Megatron come out. Megatron, as it turns it's out, a cool is, reveal to yes. his like slowly come out of a darkness. And he's a T-Rex, a purple T-Rex. I don't know mm-hmm. why they chose that color scheme, but that's what Which they went the with. The MSRP was $20 for. Ah, uh, we got it. <laughs> yeah, did. I was stupid. Although, like I said, inflation, it pretty much right. is the same. I think, so I think it was 30 was, in Canada. Yeah. 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 I, I, I got to say, though, I, 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 I'll, I'll interject because I, I think you, you and I were both, um, were both scouring the Internet to figure that out even throughout most of the following week. Um, and it definitely was on the first page that I looked it's just I didn't read it because we were in the middle of the <laughs> podcast. Um, yeah, I but I did look like everywhere. And man, the internet was I, – I, I went to Archive's Wayback Machine trying to see, go to like the KB Toys website and the, and the uh, Toys R Us website from like 1996. Man, the internet was terrible in the 90s. Oh, oh yeah. Netscape. <laughs> man. Like, well, cause like I've seen the, I've seen, I mean, you guys are probably familiar with the fact that the space jam, the original space jam, uh, marketing page still exists. Oh, so I've seen what? that. Yeah. And it, and it's still, you know, it looks, it's pretty bad. You know, that's a good, that's a good way to, but like compared to the, like the Kmart website from 1996 or, or the Sears website or, or any of these, any of these ones that I was looking at, that one looks like really nice. Cause it's just got like bad clip art and it's got links to like things that you would want. But like I go in, I'm like, okay, I'll go to, you know, I'll go to Toys R Us. They probably had an online store by 1996. Apparently not. No. Apparently they did not have an exhausted list of all of their inventory in 1996. Yeah. They had like, there was a thing, it's like gift ideas and there's like, 10 items and most of them are super <laughs> nintendo games like just specific items that like a grandma could go and buy their kid buy the, buy their grandkid for from from toys r us well i was gonna say because 96 dial-up still would have been a big thing like there wouldn't have been any sort of 
dedicated internet unless you had tons of money. I think in 2000, I still had dial-up, like... Yeah, yep, I definitely, so I. I definitely was on was on dial up with Napster, forty five minutes to download a song. Um, so I mean, yeah, ninety six. The way I remember it, like everybody discovered the internet in ninety four. Yeah, like by the end of ninety four, most people knew what an email address was. Mm-hmm. They probably didn't have one. Actually, it was probably ninety six. My first email address I got in fourth grade by my fourth grade teacher having us email kids in the other classes, um, and that was ninety six. So that would have been my first. That would have been the same the same year that I got my first email address was the same year that that I was looking on the internet and man the internet was so much simpler lots of white backgrounds too oh yeah yeah and like little like flash games and stuff like that which took forever because dial up and right well the yeah. flash I think this was even like before the flashy stuff like yeah, yeah I guess that's true just... I, I didn't have a computer in the house until like around two thousand right, but at right. school we like used Netscape and we went on and like. They showed us how to do stuff. We didn't get emails like you guys did, but we definitely took out. Mm-hmm. I remember around Christmas, we checked out like a Santa web page where like we could like look up Christmas stuff. And I remember one of the first things I looked for on the internet was Batman and Robin stuff, like the movie, <laughs> the Schumacher movie. And I was super excited for that movie. And as a kid, yeah, I mean, like I loved it, and I still love it today for different reasons. But... And yeah, and as a kid, John had his first taste of disappointment. Again, I think I, I think when I was a kid, I legitimately liked it, like not ironically, because I was a kid. Right? I think so. I think Batman and Robin, um, sort of for what they were trying to do, and same thing with Batman Forever, are a little bit unfairly maligned. I think there are definitely comic book movies that have happened w- that were way worse. Um, I think, I mean, Batman and Robin was definitely worse than Batman Forever. Yeah. I mean, Batman Forever was like just like kind of mediocre, and especially at the you know for the time when Hollywood didn't know what to do with comic book characters. I almost think Batman and Robin is like better in the sense that it's like so bad it's good. While Batman Forever isn't is is this kind of like it's there. in the middle. It's in the yeah. middle of like fuck the guy who directed the first two Batman movies who's oh, really Tim well Burton. known and I yeah, yeah Tim Burton yeah yeah, yeah Tim really, Burton is between I, Tim Burton and Schumacher while Batman and Robin was full on Schumacher. See, I liked I guess I liked the Tim Burton movies way better. I think t- the Tim Tim Burton Batman Well, no, I think they are better. I'm saying like I'm saying that Batman and Robin is like the room. It's like so bad it's good. Okay. It's not good. I'm not saying So what you're like, saying is so what you're saying <laughs> is Batman and Robin is like the first Twilight movie whereas Batman Forever is like the second and third Twilight movies that oh like they gosh. got a little bit better and that made them worse. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'd I'm say sure that. a lot of our audience are, are experts with the Twilight movies. So I've, I've watched all of them just for the lulls. So. I know my wife is. My, but you know what? But I mean, is. you know what I'm saying? Like the first Twilight movie was like so was so bad that it was, it was hilarious. It was <laughs> yeah, the next ones were just kind of were just kind of like especially the. Whatever the ones the third with werewolves. One. The third one was the most boring, I think. Yeah, I think it was the third one was the one that like they like the actors could almost act and then the but they still took themselves really seriously and it was just a bad story. So, you know, yeah. and then and then the fourth one, they almost added a little bit of levity. How many of them were there? Were there Too like many. Four, <laughs> there, were four, there were four books and they made the last one into two. Like the fourth and fifth five movies. Minutes. I felt like well not well still not like the best or anything like they were they they kind of figured out that you can have a little bit of levity with this otherwise not that good story you know Ed uh, asked, Edward asked Jacob if he ever wore a shirt in one of those yeah. movies which was well Breaking Dawn bad. Part One was just super boring but but two was had the action scene so it was kind of fun 
I don't remember. We're, I'm not an expert on this. I think I know more about Transformers than I know about. Anyway, uh, speaking of, yeah, we, we should, should get back to this actually, before actually, we have to change the title of this show. To, to Twilight Podcast. <laughs> while while oh we were God. talking, I had to look this up. And I paused the because I, I have it like running silently off to the side just to keep track. And if there's anything there, I paused it when, because in disgust, Dinobot throws the disc you know, into the ship at Megatron. Yeah. There's a scene... Like and I paused it at the right moment where you can clearly see what's on the disc, and that's kind of really neat because later on you find out. But uh, like just looking at it, like right there, it it's very obvious that it kind of if if you you know know your history or anything, that it looks like the Voyager record. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You can definitely see uh, some of the outlines of uh, some people on it, as well as some of the other uh, some of the other designs that were on on that record as well and i always thought that was neat how they try to pause that see if i can get that (laughs) it's like right before he yells and throws it there's like as he throws it there's one it flips once and then one more where it's like right at the screen like yeah i got it cool so dinobot after throwing the disc and megatron comes out he challenges megatron essentially calls him an idiot and challenges him for leadership of the of the uh predacons and announces that he is taking over. Uh, he straight up calls him an idiot, and and Megatron's like, "Wait, what? What'd yeah. you say?" <laughs> yes. Yeah. Basically, it's it's uh, he challenges him, says the winner shall lead, and the loser shall be destroyed. To which Megatron sort of just pawns it off and says, "You're you're so impulsive, Dinobot. You're brave, but you're misguided." So we got our first transformation there too. too. Yes. Yeah, he transforms right then and there. We see his uh, tail turn into like a, a rotor, and his sword is in the middle of it. And there's not many times that you actually see the sword in the rotor over the course of the series. I like how he also still has sharp teeth. Yeah, <laughs> even in robot <laughs> form. It's a predator. Actually, actually, I I find it odd that all the robots, or like most of them, have teeth in their robot forms. I was actually thinking about that earlier today. <laughs> How are they going to chew the their later robot series. food? Teeth, guys. Jeez. <laughs> Maybe the teeth help them talk. Also, also That's don't. I mean, funny. generally, I mean, I I can't think of the specifics, but like generally, with the exception of Optimus and and Megatron, because they kind of have their their heads that are their heads. But uh, with the other ones, don't they all kind of have heads that are reminiscent of whatever their uh, their character is? Their animal is, yeah, similar. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure Rat Trap's head, while doesn't exactly look like a rat, he kind of does have like a, uh, like odd nose that kind of is indicative of rodent, I guess. Then he's got like rat teeth too, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he has yeah. an exposed brain. But <laughs> I was going to bring that up too. <laughs> I don't know many bra- many rats with an exposed brain unless they're in a lab well, somewhere. So yeah, I was just about to say you maybe, know, maybe he should have gone with lab rat instead of rat trap. Oh man, that would have been a great. That would have been a really good, a yeah. really good name. There's a rat in the the Twitch series Dice Camera Action that has an exposed brain, but that's a obscure reference that no one will get. <laughs> <laughs> The brain has a big brain. He yes. does. <laughs> but it's still in his skull, so... It is. Yeah. So Megatron essentially brushes off Dinobot's challenge, 
he but he's he says that he's brave but he's misguided donobot asks him if he accepts the challenge and megatron sort of retorts with being a leader is more than just being brave there's there's cleverness there's cunning and then he turns his back and as he turns his back and starts to walk off we see scorponok who has just finished transforming and he says isn't that right scorponok and then we see scorponok shoot off a couple of missiles and launch Dinobot He goes flying. Yeah, like, that's yeah. a strong Whoa. missile. Because <laughs> being a did leader it. is all about just having somebody there that can take some cheap shots. Yeah. And I, I, I imagine Dinobot got real pissed when Megatron turned his back on him while he's trying to issue him a challenge. Yeah. Oh, definitely. With, yeah. Like, with the whole sense of honor, seeing somebody turn their back on you like that would just be slap in the face. So. And then there's missiles to the face after that. So <laughs> when you injury insult. Another interesting thing, like when he walks away, his tail is like just swinging side to side, and he's stretching. Well, yeah, but <laughs> I, they kind of really kind of uh, take to their animal forms really well. Yeah. I've mm-hmm. noticed. Like you, you. I don't know if the if this was a choice to in the animation or whatever, but you'll see the. Like, you know, Tarantulas, when he's uh, in the spider form, his his front pale lips are, or whatever those things are called are kind of always constantly moving. Uh, Scorponok will, like, clack his claws and stuff like that. Like, they, they tend to be very uh, uh, animate. Like, yes. they, they, so, they, there's very little times when they are just stock still. Yeah. So to, to, bring, to bring up another uh, uh, thing from 1996, what I wonder is if it's similar to Animorphs when they um, transform into the animals, when they morph into animals and then they have that uh, in the back of their mind, there's some, some animal instinct. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and especially we see in, in 30 seconds when, when Cheetor decides he wants to run lots. Yeah. Yeah. And later on in this season too, we actually it it definitely comes back in a big way um, in one of the later episodes. That whole you know robot versus animal instinct sort of thing comes into play uh, quite a bit. I, I just went forward a little bit in the episode and I remembered that like Megatron just straight up goes loser. Yeah. To, like, oh yeah, Dinobot. loser. Just, like, fucking scrub. <laughs> Which is I, I will say I will say like loser. That's so good. That was, the, that was definitely the go-to insult in 1996. Yeah. <laughs> loser. He's just you know. so dismissive. It's the greatest. <laughs> I love Megatron. <laughs> loser, double loser, whatever. Yeah, you know, he, you'd have thought you almost thought he was going to put a put a, his finger and his thumb in the shape of an L on his forehead. <laughs> he, he could, but his vestigial T-Rex arms would not allow that. Yeah, <laughs> he could. So no, he could with his with the tail arm. It's got like a pincher. I mean, he had to well, transport for that. that. That's just too much effort. Is that yeah. his right? Is that his right arm or his left arm? Left arm oh, is a tail. His left arm. Oh, so it wouldn't work. So it would have to be with the. He would have to really open the T-Rex mouth really wide. <laughs> or you know what? He could just have Scorponok do it for him. Apparently, that's. That's how he fights battles. <laughs> Burn. So after Dinobot gets launched off into the sunset, uh, Megatron blasting is- off again. <laughs> yeah, that that is yeah. that's a thing. Oh my god, so many. Should have had series. a little sparkle at the end where he goes flying and it's like twink. Yeah, the more you know. <laughs> um, Megatron sort of goes into a bit of a. A monologue saying that they came looking for energon the planet is rich with it and that with enough energon they can start an entire galactic conquest 
which you know we're like oh okay so it's very similar to what the with the Autobots and the Decepticons how Megatron and the Decepticons wanted to take over the galaxy too so so it sort of makes you wonder whether early on when I started watching the series I almost wondered if it was the same characters just they had changed over the course of however many millennia it was we we sort of learned later on that no they are not in fact the same but at the same time this early on it a lot especially with Megatron is there's definitely similarities to them like he's a bit more not as direct he's very he he tends to be a bit more pawning stuff off like that whole Scorponok thing yeah much more conniving definitely yeah I would imagine he's more dumb or is Megatron always dumb like that well I mean he's a bad guy they have to lose so well yeah (laughs) they do have to lose but (laughs) <laughs> Although, um, yeah, season finale, we'll get to that, man. Yeah. So at this point, we flip back to the Maximals. They're exiting their ship now. They got a cool like platform thing that comes down. Yeah, like a little sort of elevator, escal- well, not escalator, sort of like a little elevator thing. Rat Trap is sort of like all this for a golden disc, to which Optimus responds with that it, it was Cybertron's most carefully guarded, re- guarded relic. And so, you get to see inside Optimus's eye a bit and it, yeah, how yeah. it's still kind of robotic y and yeah, how it'll, in gorilla form. Yeah, it'll shift so that he can zoom and, and whatnot. He states that the, the, the disc gave the location of a major energon source, and that's why Megatron stole it. To which I, I question like, yeah, the carefully like guarded. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, yeah. This, this small band of Predacons apparently were able to get it. Well, maybe it was like small an Ocean's band led by a Megatron, though. Well, it probably, <laughs> I mean, like, was, it was probably a thermal exhaust port that was not much bigger than two meters. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, also, also, the other thing is, you know, you say it's uh, carefully guarded. The like, Predacons seem to be a little careless with it. Like, Dinobot's just kind of looking at it, and then he, like, tosses it aside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sort of dismisses it. So, at this point, Rattrap as we alluded to earlier, is a bit of a dick in this episode. You know, he's he's like, like I really care about this disc. He essentially is, you know, we were supposed to be doing deep space exploration. Playing Galactic Patrol wasn't in his job description. And then he questions whether Optimus is cut out for being a commander. And is this the scene where he says, remember the Great War? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I always I always thought that the Great War was this vague sort of like the Clone Wars in Star in the original Star Wars was this vague thing that happened and and you know and it's just like this vague ominous thing in the past but you guys made it sound like it's actually a story that's been told. G1 is essentially it's, the yeah. Great War. Okay. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. The Great Which, and War And it, it was hundreds of years ago so we'd know it's not like too long after. Yeah. Yeah. But essentially the Great War lasted, I think, like a million years or so. Like it it lasted a long time. And, you know, this practically destroyed Cybertron and nearly drove both sides to extinction. And then eventually the war was won. We don't know exactly how the war was won or how they brokered peace. That's, That's actually, I don't think that's ever really been touched on, except in like, you know, the past few years, how they sort of make an uneasy peace sort of thing, but it 
it's not the same as like the G1. G1, I don't think, ever really goes into how a piece was brokered between the two sides. Well, how does G1 end? I don't really know. Does it just kind of trail off and like. Yes, it, 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 just, it just sort of trailed off after Headmasters. Like after the fourth season. Yeah, the after the Headmaster season, that's when they cut it off. And then, yeah, there was nothing else after that until this really i mean g2 is sort of like a rehashing of the g1 episodes with shiny cgi footage for like the start of the episodes and whatnot so i like rat trap leaning on this thing here he looks very casual oh definitely. giant rat thing yeah <laughs> so as it was as it was stated earlier optimus says to remember the great war if the predacons got enough energon they would start it again now they can't let that happen and then he alludes to, you know what? If you wanted to explore, we're on an unknown planet. So what more do you want? Mm-hmm. And then it's like Brad- the end of the first episode of Space Cases. <laughs> this is kind of like a a mirror of the scene with Dinobot and Megatron, except like more chill, obviously, less <laughs> missiles. Yeah, <laughs> Rat Trap. Rat Trap's not going to go off and join the Predacons. No, or get yeah, or, or challenge Optimus Prime Primal to a fight. <laughs> <laughs> He does say that he's like, call me picky, but a working spacecraft might have been nice for exploring an unknown planet. And then Optimus is like, there's just no pleasing some people. So mm-hmm. so at this point, um, Cheetor notices some cheetahs that are running off in the distance. He makes note of that. And Optimus also notes that uh, they're quite fast and states that Cheetor chose a good form. To which Cheetor is like, Apparently that was a dare. And he's like, Hey, you think that's speed? You ain't seen the golden rocket. And we're like, okay, we thought you were a cheetah or not the golden rocket. So the golden rocket is my penis. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Nice. Well, we're definitely earning that adult content. this time. (laughs) You, you, you started it, Greg. I did. (laughs) Honestly, I did. You have to like get your, I opened get your the body paint prepared every time before you go at it, or just like, <laughs> which is naturally I, that color. <laughs> you might want to get that checked out. Well, I can only, I can only, the energon. I can only, I can only go for about ten minutes, and then the energon. Uh, to me. Makes sense. You know, they make a pill for that. Form. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it says I should I shouldn't stay in robot form for more than four hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Yeah, if you're in robot form for longer than four hours, consult a CR chamber immediately. <laughs> so anyway, Cheetor goes and decides to run off. Gives another one of his, of his really really bad growls and bolts. <laughs> And we learn uh, a new limitation, another limitation this planet has. Yes. Uh, because of the Energon fields, as it turns out, any of the comm links that they have isn't, as Ronox put it, anything over 100 meters, they were scrap. Catch so the train. comm links are completely useless. And we get our first, well, that's just prime. Yes. And then Rat Trap's uh, catchphrase. Like, it, it's three catchphrases in a row. Yeah. <laughs> Rhinox with his scrap, Optimus Prime with just prime. And, well, it takes a bit, but Rat Trap, we're all going to die. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a catchphrase. I forgot that. It totally happens all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he actually does say it right, like, shortly after the let. Well, that's just Prime, because he's like, so this is your first day on the job or what? And Optus retorts with, shut up, Rat Trap. And he's like, oh, yes, sir. <laughs> I just feel heaps better knowing our lives are in your capable hands. And then he's like, we're all going to die. So we cut to Cheetor now. He's managed to catch up to the Cheetahs. Uh, and then he just automatically starts talking to them, because, you know, all Cheetahs should be able to talk, right? <laughs> As far as Cheater knows. Oh, yeah. Actually, and he says, he calls himself Cheater. Yeah. He, he, the way he pronounces Cheater there is a little weird. Yeah, it is, it is a little weird. I'm not sure if over the, I think over the course of the series, he gets better with the pronunciation. It's but. like it's an accent or something, I wonder. Yeah. Well, he just, he just can't, hasn't decided how he wants to pronounce his name. Yeah, you know? like, and like you said, Cheetahs shouldn't be able to talk, but like, also, those cheetahs probably wouldn't react like that. They'd just be like, okay. I mean, like, because they're not thinking, like, oh my god, a talking cheetah. They'd just be like, that cheetah's making some weird noises. <laughs> like, did he swallow a bug? <laughs> but yeah, that, they, is, that is a very cartoony moment there. Oh, yeah. Big wide eyes, jaws dropped, and they bolt off. And and Cheetor, of course, is like, uh, what was it? Was it my breath? <laughs> He's got Andrew so, John on his breath. Exactly. You never get that out. Not on and this planet anyway. No. He's going to need a better toothbrush. With all those teeth. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so he manages to, to catch back, catch up to them again. They're reacting to something in a tree. And he's like, well, what what's going on here? And then he looks up and he sees a big giant wasp. And they the two cheetahs run off again. And Cheetor is like, well, they acted kind of weird. Like, that wasn't a natural life form. And obviously, he would know that reaction, given what just happened moments ago. (laughs) (laughs) And we get a POV shot from Waspinator here. That's like, I don't know what all that faded stuff is supposed to be. It's... (laughs) It's vaguely computeriness. It's like it's. It looks like he's his vision's a, like fucked up. Actually, like it's he's not got a virtual good, boy. I, I also like uh, Cheetor's uh, leap of logic here. Is like, well, it's like the way they react. It must not be natural. And if we're talking about not natural, then we're talking about robots in disguise. Robots in disguise. Yeah. Needed that for the for the promo. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think that of all of the logic leaps that they've made in this show, the, in this episode, that one does kind of make sense. Like yeah. if if if, if you're on thought- this if you're on this mostly uninhabited planet, and and he has interpreted because he knows what cheetahs he must speak cheetah that their reaction is such that uh, you know I'm trusting that 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 that's that what their reaction would be to something unnatural rather than something that is giant and scary and might eat them. Um, then I think it's a I think it's a perfectly reasonable logically. And really, if he's wrong, he kills a giant wasp, and no, nothing's lost. Well, actually, wait. <laughs> if you think about it, though, uh, I definitely would like. I was expecting him to say it's a Predacon or or the enemy or something, yeah. not robots in disguise. Because that would that wouldn't we, be the catchphrase. Well, yeah, that wouldn't. Be <laughs> but as we put out before, they're not really in disguise. Right. Right. Yeah. No. So well, I guess they are just in this scene, though. Yo, That's the only yeah, time. Yeah. So Cheetor decides that it's time to transform. Uh, as we learn, the transformation phrase for the Maximals is maximize. Uh, and Cheetor transforms. He's got a really... It almost reminds me of Hot Rod. 
the way his head is shaped. Oh, he. Like, I would say Cheetor is definitely like a mix between Bumblebee and Hot Rod. Yeah, that's that's yeah. his character. He's the young yeah. one who's like a hothead, and yeah, yeah. He he's got a, he's got a weird a stomach gun. Yeah, <laughs> looks like intestines are the ammo for his gun or something. And yeah, I had a toy for that, and you could put it was squishy, and you could put like water in it. And yeah. it was squirt yeah. water as you squeezed it. It was, yeah. <laughs> those, shit, those toys were a little gross, actually. So it was essentially like a guts gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the the um, the Megatron had a a little squirt gun in, in the um in the in the head the the T Rex head. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, Released in the commercials, it did. I yeah. had that toy, and I'm yeah. pretty sure it did. I'm I'm sure it did. I actually found the toy this in the in the intervening weeks, and the only piece that it's missing is the two little missiles in his in his uh, 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 on his thighs, but uh, which is super lame. And I looked on eBay, and somebody was selling one of the missiles for thirteen dollars, and I was like, Ugh, uh, if he had two, yeah, but not one. <laughs> Yeah. And you're right, Cheetor does have a bit of a cat mouth, like, and he's got like freckles, which I think is supposed to represent like the spots. Like the spots, yeah. yeah. And yeah, so I, yeah. Yeah. Or you maybe know, you know, you know, robot. it's chicken or the egg here. Maybe, maybe they already looked like that. Maybe Rat Trap already had buck teeth, and so then and an exposed he brain. To find... <laughs> <laughs> well, he had an exposed brain. <laughs> I so don't you see a shot, a close up of his head in the the just robots forms part. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think we do. I know we see a close-up of a couple of them's head. We but... see the back of his body, and it looks like he's, like, it looks like the model for Rat Trap minus a few of the rat bits. Right, right. right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he probably was just looking, well, and probably there wasn't an animal with an exposed brain on Earth. So he couldn't get, you know, so so che- Cheetor had, you know, he's got freckles and a cat-like face, and so he finds a cat, you know, and then. Oh, totally. <laughs> Yeah. Rhinox is a super chill black guy and he finds a rhino. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure what the correlation is there, but <laughs> it works. Africa? I don't know. Actually, I don't know. <laughs> for some reason, for some reason, something about Rhino I, I love I love Rhinox is my favorite. Um something about his like chill persona is like just perfect as a as a as an animal cuz he's well, I guess I mean I guess Cheetor is on four legs, but like he he's the only one that does. Him and Cheetor don't really anthropomorphize their animal when they're in beast more in beast form. No, like they just sort of they just sort of chill. Well, there or, there is there is one episode where Rhinox sort of does that. Oh, and, I'm, yeah, it could be. I, I, I think I think Rhinox kind of eventually becomes like the most like spiritual of them and kind of gets like yeah. in tune with his animal side more than the others. Well, except for maybe like Tigertron. He gets sounds like late. he's sounds like he's the magical black man. Oh God! <laughs> let's, let's, let's let's stop he's this. Played by Morgan, played by Morgan Freeman. <laughs> oh no! In the in the in the upcoming live action uh, Beast Wars movie. <laughs> I want that as a movie. Optimus Primal <laughs> crawled through a pipe full of. A live action Beast, oh, Beast dude, Wars movie makes no so sense he would, though. Really, like the, it would, he would be the point of view character that's like narrating because he's kind of the sidekick. So he's telling the story of of Optimus Primal, but he's like the sort of secondary character. That would be that would be good. He's like the advisor. Like Cheetor is the sidekick. Cheetor is like the Robin of the crew. Right, right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's the advisor. He's the magical black man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what happens next, uh, Greg? <laughs> so Cheetor uh, immediately starts shooting at as as it turns out to be Waspinator. Waspinator is 
essentially starts avoiding the shots. I personally thought that Cheetor was aiming pretty good. It's just apparently Waspinator early on is somewhat competent with avoiding gunfire. And apparently Cheetor's shots have a maximum range and they explode after that. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. <laughs> so Waspinator essentially is like Waspinator under attack, Waspinator engage enemy, and then we find out their transformation phrase, which is terrorize. Dinobot said it earlier. Oh, that's right. Yes. In fact, My the bad. only time he says terrorize. Yeah. It's true. Yep. For reasons that we will Spoilers. say. Because yep. <laughs> he totally died back there. That's what happened. Yep. <laughs> so we cut back to uh, Optimus, Rattrap, and Rhinox, and Optimus sees some explosions off in the distance. So Rattrap is like, uh-oh. And then all of a sudden we see Rhinox sort of starting to run by him. Optimus picks up Rattrap and is like, move, move, which is kind of hard when you're a rat getting held by a giant gorilla. <laughs> by the and then we get the beautiful what? image... After a bit more Cheetor, get the beautiful image of a rat riding a gorilla riding a rhino. I lo- I love that so much. I <laughs> even without the rat, even just just Optimus <laughs> riding Rhinox is like it's 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 just so great. It's just this like weird uh embracing of the animal parts of them but also doing things that the animals would never really do. Oh, you know it's what? great. And I think other fans also like Optimus riding Rhinox. But in different contexts. <laughs> <laughs> Were we really going to go there with this episode? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> See, you know, you I'm, know what? I, I always think, go I think the, it, the reason this is this here. episode is is <laughs> that we that we derail is I feel like we're like pushing each other. Like I, I'm like okay, I'm just going to say this one little this one little curse word, this one little dirty thing, and then John says another thing, and then Jordan says another thing. <laughs> And then, I mean, the goal, I think, is to get Greg to be the one that's, that's reining us all in because he's the, as we spoke before the podcast, Greg is the only one whose voice anybody recognizes. <laughs> that is true. Apparently, I have a very distinct voice. I'm trying to see, talking about a, uh, an ape riding a, a rhino reminded me of, uh, uh, what's his uh, name? Ta- from Taro from uh, Ronma One Half. He felt, who fell into like the, this, which is absolutely hilarious is the spring of a a yeti riding that is uh uh riding a yak carrying a snake and a crane yeah i remember that guy like, he was, he was, the, just, he was the boss just, of one of the snes rama games yeah too. and it was just like the weirdest thing is like and apparently it just makes some kind of weird chimera creature yep jeez i believe it's pronounced chimera chimera so, since we're an audio entropy podcast we're required to uh, correct each other's pronunciations yeah, I think that's sure that was in the in the contract. Yeah, it was in the contract. Okay, listeners, would correct be in my the- SNES to SNES. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got as they're running, we see that they're coming upon this big, big sort of pile of boulders. Optimus advises Rhinox and suggests that he veer left. There, and apparently, there's a clearing about a hundred meter meters, to which Rhinox doesn't say anything and just barrels through the rocks so because because uh while they do have knowledge of animals apparently they don't have knowledge of each other's animals so like yeah. rhinox knows what a rhino can do but optimus doesn't know what a rhino can do yeah let me Which, just point out that when rhinox 
doesn't listen to orders, it's cool. But when Ratchap does it, because <laughs> Rhinox is being helpful. There's a, there's a know, difference between between bitching and moaning, and like I'm gonna actually do this thing that's more efficient yeah, and no, in I'm, the spirit of the and, and and still well, achieve the same goal. And yeah. Optimus does like just sighs. He's like, oh, Bob, silly me. <laughs> he does say that. Yeah. <laughs> It cuts back to, to Cheetor and, and Waspinator, and apparently Cheetor's gun has somehow jammed. Uh, I think he refers to it as a, a quasar jam. Yeah. Growls first, though. Yeah. And then Optimus, Rhinox, and Rattrap appear. Optimus is like, get to cover, and we'll swat this pesky Predacon. And then we get the face-off between the Predacons and the Maximals for the first time like in person. Now, with that in mind, we have Megatron, who essentially sort of announces himself. He essentially says, how shall I put it? Difficulties of your own. Yes. Optimus tries to sort of plead with him, in a sense, saying, we don't have to do this. There's been peace for centuries now. Why start this all up again? And Megatron is like, peace perhaps on your side, Maximal Scum but not on ours, which, which I, which I thought it was going to lead into like Predacons being like, like, like them being disenfranchised of some kind yeah. or like, or like, it, or like the Maximals had some kind of like racial tension. Cause he goes like peace for you, but not for us. Like they had a shitty life, but really he just means like, no, no, we were just pretending. Yeah. And it, it was kind of a weird, well, like phrasing. It kind of made it seem like, Oh, there's going to be some kind of a uh, uh, prejudice here, but nope. Yeah. yeah back when they were talking about the great war, they, they mentioned like if they ever got more energon, it makes me think that they're just like purposely starving them of energon just to make sure they don't like try and take yeah. the world again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely some some sort of dichotomy there where you know the it's suggested perhaps that maybe the Maximals are trying to to keep them under their thumb a bit, maybe rightfully so because they don't want to obviously start another intergalactic war. But at the same time, you know, you kind of have to wonder what's going on there. But okay, so I just looked on Wikipedia what a quasar is, <laughs> and I don't really understand what this paragraph means. Um, but I think that Cheetor's gun is powered by galaxies colliding with each other. <laughs> Makes sense. And it maybe and also um and also if uh let's see, normally caused by collisions of galaxies with the galaxy's central black holes merging to form either a supermassive black hole or a binary black hole system. So I think he's shooting many black holes. That would explain why they're why they explode at a certain spot. Like that's where he's he's creating a mini black hole. That's that's kind wow. of insane. It's <laughs> yeah. a pretty neat gun. I think I don't know what any of these words mean. I took one <laughs> semester of astronomy in high school, and I took and I took stupid people physics junior year. So that's the extent of my knowledge of of. Uh, I also saw a movie about space on an IMAX screen once back when that meant something. Yeah. Well, if we've got any astrophysicists that are listening to the podcast right now, if by all means, let us know. I'd imagine probably like Luke from teenagers with attitude is, is an astrophysicist. He seems like he's pretty smart. That's a lot about the morphing grade. So yeah, he, he certainly knows his theories about morphing. <laughs> I don't know. I think I, I suspect I suspect there is an audio entropy uh, podcast host who knows a lot more about quasars than I do. Oh, I, I, 
it, it wouldn't surprise me in the least. So no. but it's just like I, I was kind of I was just curious what that, you know, because he said a Quasar jam and I thought maybe it was like, but like this is like a very specific, very I don't understand what it is, but it, it seems like it would be way too powerful to be in a gun that just kind of shoots stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, they had to like put space sounding word in front of jam because it's clearly like, not yeah, using like. Yeah, yeah if, if <laughs> there, I feel like that would like based on this description. I feel like a jam could like destroy everybody. <laughs> a giant black hole. <laughs> so Megatron essentially is going is saying how the Predacons have been just sort of biding their time. They've been waiting. They never abandoned the goal of galactic conquest, and they've just been waiting for the right moment to strike. And as mm-hmm. he says that, Cheetor pops up. His gun is no longer jammed. He's like, you mean like this? And he pops one off at Megatron. I love that so much. And Megatron's, like, impressed. He's like, good job, buddy. <laughs> yeah. He's like, good ah. job. You shot me and got a direct hit, but nothing happened because I'm a $20 toy and you're only a $10 toy. Oh, and he's like he calls him a pussy cat and has a yes. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I think I think the way he put it was a uh, treacherous, underhanded sneak attack. I like you, pussy cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So but, yeah, Megatron might be a little bit coded, just a little bit, yeah, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. But uh, essentially, he says that it's, it, you know it's it 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 avails him not. And then, and that the power gauntlet has been cast, and so we get the big transformation sequence on both sides, which they have to do everyone. So it takes a little bit. It does. It, it takes tr- a good chunk of time there. That's a tarantula guy's got pupils, which and same with Scorpionok, which makes him a little bit less creepy than the bug could look. Yeah, mm. and yeah. I'd say all of them, all of them actually do a, a pretty good job. First of all, they are like exactly the toys which is which yeah is cool yeah for the most part they they did um, a good job of that the, o- yeah, the, the, the robot that... forms look exactly the toys but the the transformed oh well maybe a little bit more like like the the rat like cheetor's head isn't sticking a foot out from his body like the toy does <laughs> and like his cheetah form is a little bit too bulky for a cheetah but again it's it's hard to do it with the toys i was really impressed with transformers animated by how like they literally look exactly like the models from the show yeah both forms which was pretty cool well the one the one that i noticed that really that really looked just like the the to- the toy is megatron megatron really oh, looks definitely. just like the toy yeah. and yeah. i think op an optimus does 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 really does really pretty well and also like if you notice optimus usually crawls around when he's in his uh when he's in his beast mode yeah. and if you had the the Optimus toy when he's in beast mode, he basically can't stand up or else you reveal some of the robot parts. So I thought yeah. that I think that's a nice touch. The one I, that I think is he turns his like pelvic around when he transforms. Yeah, I, I like that because it's like that's always something you had to do in in the bigger toys is that you had to turn like the torso around and flip it or uh, something like that. The transforming animations are definitely more like um, accurate to their transformations for the toys than like the G one cartoon had. That was yeah. one of the things on the DVDs uh, in the special features. One of the things they talked about was how they wanted to have the transformations in the show be very similar to the transformations of the toys. I mean, obviously they couldn't get it exactly right, but they wanted it really, really close, especially since, you know, the advent of ball joint ball joints being developed into the toys that, you know, it could be a bit easier to do that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Now the Good one point. that, 
the one that I think is like I don't know I don't remember what the actual toy looked like, but te- the pterodactyl is that terror something? Pterosaur, yeah. Pterosaur. Yeah. yeah. He's like he's a pterodactyl, and then he's a robot. Mm-hmm. Like you don't I don't know what they did. <laughs> I, it doesn't like he doesn't have you know like Megatron's got like a hand that's a dinosaur head or you know but like he's just like he flips and he's, a robot. he's a robot like. A, yeah. Like I think he's bit. He's. It was like I. I, I almost wonder if because there were some of those toys that were like you. It looked like a beast from when it was in beast mode. You had to look top down. I just wonder if he was. If he was like all his robot form was curled up underneath the the wings, and then you just took the wings off, and then it's the robot form. That very well could his be. wings seem to fold into his back a bit when he transforms, but then he's right. also got those wing pieces on his arms. What, right, so, which is how know. he flies. That's how um, physics works. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like Namor in, in Marvel. Like he's got the wings on his ankles, so obviously yeah, he can yeah, fly. Absolutely. <laughs> flaps those wings. <laughs> I think. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And, and so, it's, uh, sorry, just really oh, quick. Yeah. Um, they're clearly smaller than like the robot car transformers because like a cheetah, like, again, they don't, they don't mass shift that much no. at all. So no. like Cheetor would probably be about the size of a person. Like yeah, he, he wouldn't about. be much, he wouldn't be like much, like maybe eight feet tall, maybe, but like yeah. not like too much bigger than an average human. Obviously Megatron would be a lot bigger because he's a T-Rex, yeah. but I thought that's kind of interesting that they aren't giant robots right, right. well robots. and and uh, sort of along those lines if you want to um if you want to think of it like to scale i i think the way you describe that you could you know the gi joe action figures that are whatever four inches tall versus the the beast wars action figures that end up being six six inches tall you know it's a uh relative to scale i think yeah. that's hmm. That definitely that definitely yeah, works. Be. And it was good, it was convenient as a kid because then if you're <laughs> playing with the uh, the two toys you got for the, the two figures you got from each license um, and and they're together, one of them's not like awkwardly larger than the rest. <laughs> like you know, like I had the one the one twelve inch uh, the the one twelve inch uh, or eight inch or whatever uh, Power Rangers the Red Ranger. And then all of my other he's which like towered over all the rest of my action figures and I'm like what am I doing what is this guy How <laughs> Yeah I I I, I, I hated that cuz like the the Power Ranger toys were like 12 inches but then like the monster toys were like 6 so yeah. you could never get them like fighting the monsters because it didn't make any fucking sense. Well yeah cuz <laughs> the Rangers were about the size of the actual Megazord. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, at least Which, that first that first run because they yes. did the when they did the fliphead ones they were smaller. Yes, fliphead ones look so stupid though. <laughs> yeah, but I had all of them. <laughs> I had all the twelve inch ones, but I didn't have. Uh, although I didn't get the Yellow Ranger until they did the movie toys, and I got the movie Yellow Ranger toy, which was just like a shinier version yeah. of like the other ones. Yeah, the commercial for those ones was Zordon essentially saying, "With your shiny metal." armor now he was like mm-hmm. okay so that's it oh that they but they introduced that in like the last two episodes of of mighty morphin that they have metallic armor yeah that is a thing yeah that's i remember the toys for that huh pretty sad like we need a new toy what are we gonna do um let's make them shiny or maybe somebody had some glitter and just like tossed it on them <laughs> it's just they got- damn they got glitter bombed and they just wrote it into the script. Exactly. 
So yeah, like I had all the other regular rangers and then one shiny yellow ranger. That would have that would have bugged me so much. <laughs> like I'm I'm so I'm thinking about uh, my I think a lot of the, my neurosis as, as an adult and my OCDness as an adult comes from experiences with my toys. Like I remember that when I first got all my Beast Wars toys, I played with them a lot, and then like pieces would go missing, and I like oh. hated it so much. Like as much as I as much as Rhinox is my favorite character. There was like one piece missing from his one of his arms. So when we would go into beast mode, you would be able to see a robot thing exposed. And I was like, oh, I can't. I would always lose like the weapons. Like, yeah, especially with the ones where the weapon isn't part of the transformation. Like Cheetor's gun becomes his stomach. But I'm pretty sure Rat Trap's gun was just a separate piece that didn't factor into his rat form at all. Yeah. So like, oh, really? I, I would like lose that all the time. Yeah, yeah I, I know I, Rat Trap was like the lowest, the lowest end one. Yeah, I had a five dollar one. Yeah, yeah, I was, I I hated that too. But uh, because of that, I got like really meticulous with how I stored my toys or or kept them. So I wish I learned that. Yeah, I'm one of the messiest furry people you can you meet. I didn't learn it until I became an adult, and 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 it and the way that it because I'm still not organized or anything, but I am like super like nitpicky about completionist you know it comes it comes out most in my comic books like i've there have definitely been times where i read the first four issues of a six issue story and i'm like this is terrible but there's only two issues left and i need to have the complete set so that i can bag and board them and input the thing into my digital to get the digital copy and then put them in a box and never look at it <laughs> that's awesome until five years later when i decide to reorganize everything and get halfway through and then don't wor- don't finish <laughs> Getting back to uh, getting back to the episode, so we get the transformation. We get into a big firefight between the two sides. Megatron essentially orders, "So now obliterate." Obliterate seems to be his word. Like that, he uses that word a lot in the series. Like he wants to obliterate everything. He does not have fangs. He's got square teeth, which is yeah. interesting too. Yeah. <laughs> so over the course of the firefight, uh, Cheetor is, is trying to get back up this sort it's, of it's slope. the goofiest looking thing i yeah. love it <laughs> he and at one point there's an explosion it knocks him back and there's some rocks that wind up falling onto his foot it, um and it looks like he, sh- and it, he looks like, his gun. it looks like he's yeah. it looks like he's climbing up the, the the hill and then shoots the ground himself that's what it looks like, <laughs> like he, he's like he's like oh, 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 hits a trigger and then blows himself backwards that's what it looks like to me but i don't know if that's what happens but that's what it looks like the gun got pissed <laughs> off for him Bitching about the quasar jam. Well, the, yeah, the probably the quasar jam came undone, and then yeah, yeah that's exactly what happened. <laughs> and then he accidentally created a black hole by his foot. <laughs> so, so at this point, Optimus orders Rat Trap to to go down, free Cheetor, and that Optimus and Rhinox will cover him. Rat Trap's um, like, fuck that. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, that's an order. This rock. He's like, you can just kiss my skid plate, fearless leader. And that's the first time we actually hear him call him that, too, because that's another thing that he calls him over the course of the series. He, he's like, fucking pissed. Yeah. He's like, and he alludes to he's not going out there getting his, his pelt punctured, as it was. Um, so Optimus takes it upon himself to, to go get Cheetor. And this is the first time that we realize, oh, hey, for some reason, Optimus can fly. He's a gorilla, but he can fly. He has yeah. a jet Only in robot form, yeah. though. Yes. 
So so he lifts off into the air. He's got like these two sort of jets in, in his back when he's in robot form it lets him fly. As he's going back down, he gets Megatron manages to take out one of the rockets and he's sort of he manages to land and free Cheetor and Rat Trap sort of is like, I told you so. Jeez. <laughs> so yeah. Kick 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 the boss while he's down. Except for, except for here, except for here's the thing. Rat Trap needs to realize that in this universe, if you get shot by stuff, you don't die. You yeah. just have to stay in beast form for a few extra minutes. Yeah. So it, at this point, Rhinox is, you know, realizing, okay, these guys need cover fire. He grabs um, Cheater's gun. Yeah. Apparently, Cheater's gun somehow somehow managed to land beside oh, yeah. Rhinox. Does yeah. Rhinox have his own gun? He does have his own gun, though. That's the that's the bizarre thing. Yeah, I, I mentioned the TF wiki before, and uh, looking through it, they mentioned that they they probably hadn't figured out how to animate his his gun in the from the toy yeah. very well. So for like the first episode or two, they oh yeah, it's that they don't have it. Yeah, yep. And so they had that thing where when he got trapped, his gun went flying out of his hands, yep. and so Rhinox just picked it up. Yep. Um, Just like I'm, he's picking up Rat Trap. If I remember correctly... <laughs> he's dual wielding. Yeah. One of his weapons is Rat Trap. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's... it's um, If I remember correctly, I think they referred to, to Rhinox's weapons as the chain guns of command. <laughs> Man, I, I, I'm, I'm not joking. That's, that's, that's the that's name that they, name. they call them. And um, this reminds me of um, this picture I've, I saw of this... It's, it's a guy, and he's dual wielding his sisters, who are both dual wielding one of them's dual wielding guns and one of them's dual wielding swords and he's just like flailing them around <laughs> it's pretty amazing <laughs> rhinox winds up you know turning to rat trap he says they need cover fire we give it we're doing it now and rat trap's like all right all right and so rhinox picks rat trap up sort of holds him like a shield like was mentioned earlier yeah, and, they, rat trap. <laughs> and, they, and they just start shooting like crazy in order to provide some cover fire. Megatron is like, don't let them escape. And just as they're about to start going after them, we notice that they sort of start to short out in a sense. Waspernator falls out of the air, sort of does a face plant, which maybe alludes to what happens with him in later on seasons. And he's like, Waspinator cannot move. And Megatron's like, oh, there's Energon fuel buildup, so we need to convert back to beast mode. And so they all transform back into their beast modes. From there, we sort of cut a few minutes later as they're sort of, you know, back in their Optimus, Rhinox, and Rattrap are back in their beast forms, and they're sort of making their way back to the ship. Rattrap's sort of like, well, what? why are you so bent out of shape? And Optimus sort of goes off on him a little bit, I guess you could say. And he talks to him by hanging him by his neck again. <laughs> I, look- I could give you better cover fire. I got bigger guns than you. Yeah. Also, yep. you're a smaller target. Also, I'm the boss and you should listen to me. Well, he also points out that he wouldn't ask any of them to do right. something he wouldn't do, too. Which, so yeah. it's Which not the whole boss thing. Yeah. yeah, like he wasn't—he wasn't afraid to go into fire for them. He just—it just made more uh, strategic sense. Which I actually—I mean, as much as 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 much as it is, you know, he, it is kind of arbitrary who's the leader in, in a lot of these kinds of things. I feel like um, when I was when I was growing up, you a lot of times you have the de facto leader of a of a group of heroes, and you don't like him, and you you tend to side with the with sort of the 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 roguish. 
<laughs> Cyclops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cyclops. Like I think I think Cyclops really, especially in in the X Men cartoon, like there's no reason for him to be the leader except for that they just arbitrarily chose him. I mean, there yeah. may be more reasons in the comics. I'm not a. I've read I've read a decent amount of X Men and and stuff, but like but like at least that portrayal, the specific portrayal of Cyclops in the in the '90s animated series, he really was just a jerk. Oh God, yeah. He pretty yeah. much isn't most and, of the canon. And same thing that's, with uh, same thing with Leonardo in uh, in. Um, hey, don't diss Leo. He's fucking cool. <laughs> he's my favorite. <laughs> but he's. I mean, but but he is. I mean, he is sort of just a just a. This is the person that I arbitrarily chose as a leader. Whereas, and and then you know, Raphael pushes against him on that. And sometimes, and as a grown up, I like Raphael better. Yeah. You know, but uh, speaking of uh, Cyclops, that was, one of the, that was one of the things I liked about the X-Men, the first X-Men movie, is that, and I think uh, people actually complained about it, is that uh, Cyclops had no personality. And I'm like, but that is Cyclops. Like, that's <laughs> really good about, and like that one part where like, uh, you know, they, they got separated from from uh, Wolverine, and so and he comes back, and they just saw Mystique, so they weren't sure if it was him or Mystique, and he's and he's like, "It's me," and he's like, "Prove it, you're a dick." He's yeah, like, that's okay. from that's from X three actually. X three, okay. That's the one line that they kept from Joss Whedon's script. Okay, because um, I, I just isn't I that just from the first from X Men movie where he says like, "You're a dick," and he's like, "Okay, cool, it's you." Pretty sure that's. First yeah, movie. I thought that was Cyclops, in the Cyclops dies in X three in the very beginning of the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's yeah because they're in the Statue of Liberty because yeah. he goes off okay. to fight Mystique. Okay, well then uh, maybe maybe uh, Joss Whedon wrote the first X Men movie and that was the only line they kept from his script. I yeah, remember that story because I read it in Wizard. <laughs> um, and David wizard. Hayter wrote the second one, which is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, it was the voice of Snake. But uh, I was, hmm, I was gonna say, uh, bringing up like Cyclops being a dick and like Leonardo being the leader arbitrarily. It's kind of funny because in, in newer versions of that, like in X Men right now, or at least it was the case, they had like the younger versions of Cyclops, uh, Iceman, Beast, right. Jean Grey, and Angel come to the future. Yeah. And one of the things about Cyclops is he's so disgusted with his older self. Yeah. For being such a fucking asshole. And, like, I can't believe... I, I'm not going to turn into that. It's pretty much, like, his thing. <laughs> and then, like, Leo, in, in the in the newest uh, Nickelodeon's cartoon show, the reason Leonardo's a leader is because he asked. That's literally <laughs> the only reason. He's like... W- like, like Splinter's like, okay, which one's going to be the leader? And Leo's like, can I do it? And he's like, sure. And then, like, later on, Raph's like, why? And he's like, because he asked. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I like Leonardo. I think he's like, I think he's got more personality than Cyclops and he's kind of like a badass, but that's just. Yeah. I mean, and I'm, I'm basing, yeah. you know, I'm basing it on, <laughs> on, on very limited. Uh, I mean, I, I agree that there are, there are definitely stories of Leo that are, that are really interesting. And there are stories of that. I mean, there are also Cyclops. I've read good Cyclops stories too. I mean, yeah, absolutely. The, the Brian Michael Bendis runs of of all new X Men with young Cyclops and Uncanny X Men with old Cyclops are both really interesting. And the Joss Whedon Astonishing X Men run has a really a really cool take on Cyclops as well. I mean, yeah, I, I I don't. And also like some of that old stuff that actually where actually he was the leader and they treated him like the leader. He wasn't just constantly fighting with Wolverine. Um, like I don't want to, I don't want to discredit the character in general. I just think it's it's kind of nice that in the first episode, the leader demonstrated leadership. Yeah, and yes. he made a, oh definitely and, in this. And he made a tough that... call that was the right call, and yeah, 
yeah, it was. It, it's just it's kind of good to see a an aspirational type character. Well, that's definitely a good trait to have in a leader, like the sort of person that is like, you know what? I'm not going to ask you to do something I'm not willing to do myself, and there's a reason that I'm going to ask you to do it. Yeah, no, Optimus is a he, he comes out of this seeming like a good guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know because I, I mean I would hope because I don't remember where stuff goes, but I would hope that he does have character flaws that that get fleshed out in later episodes. Um, oh, I'm not sure, just like a Mary Sue character, but yeah. it is it is good to see that there is a clear like this guy's the leader and this is why he's the leader. He's not just the leader because he's the character that has the same name as it was from the other series. You know, he's he's not just the leader because we say he's the leader. He's he's the leader because he actually knows what's going on. And even that's even that's also true of Megatron. You know, in the first thing that happens is Megatron gets gets challenged by somebody, and and he's like, well, you know what, you know why you're not the leader because I'm because this minion of mine is going to shoot you, (laughs) (laughs) which is not as strong as Optimus's reasons, but well, yeah, but he knows how to micromanage. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. for a for a like you know he's he there is a there is a justification for him being the leader rather than just arbitrary or even like like I think that's actually a better that's actually better than just the like oh you're gonna stand up to me grrr, and then the person gets scared which is <laughs> yeah. what seems and, um, to happen in in other do stuff. learn later with Scorponok too that he is very loyal to Megatron like he's like kind of like Soundwave in that he's like the second the right hand man who's like super like dedicated to Megatron instead of being like Scar- Star Scream who's like kind of a right hand man who's not dedicated to yes very much Megatron. so <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad that you guys know stuff about Transformers because you're like <laughs> he's like this character I'm like I, I don't know yeah. So, so in my defense is so in my defense, I bring up other things from that people will understand the reference to that, yeah. uh, I, that know what Beast Wars is. I like how in later in later seasons, the second in command becomes Inferno, who is also as loyal as Corvinok, but because he's glitching like crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's Megatron as his queen, which is the best. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, my queen. And Megatron's like, oh, t- oh, whatever. <laughs> so we're we're getting toward the end of the episode now. Yes. Is it? Yeah. Does it? Does yep. is this when Dinobot shows up? Yep. yep. Essentially, what happens? You know, they they talk. They have a bit of a back and forth between Optimus and and Rattrap. Rattrap sort of you know shrugs it off. He's like, ah, eh, better than you than me. And he, you know, they sort of come to a bit of an understanding. Also, it's mentioned for the first time that. While they're in their beast forms, they do internally repair themselves, but it, that it takes time. Cheetor comes up then and says that he thinks that they managed to give the Predacons the slip. Optimus, though, asks him to keep, as he words it, keep your sensors on full, because apparently, according to the theft reports, there were six Predacons, and one of them was missing from the fight. Well, Rat- as an old Transformers fan, I kind of was upset they didn't say optics. Yeah. Wait, okay, so they said <laughs> Oh, that makes so much more sense now. Cause I thought what I've always thought what he said is according to the golden disc there were there were there <laughs> the, were six. The, yeah, the wording for it was according to the golden disc theft reports, there were six predators. Yeah. yeah. And that one okay. of them was missing from the battle. Okay, yeah, that's you know, that's one of those things that I just I missed when I was younger. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Didn't, you know, don't know what's going on. 
Yeah. So Rat, Rat Trap was like, well, maybe he was destroyed in the crash. And then Rhinox is like, that kind of luck we just have not been getting much of lately. <laughs> so just as they get back to this sort of plank gangway sort of entrance to be able to get back to the plateau where their ship is, lo and behold, there's a big velociraptor standing in the middle of it. So obviously Dinobot did not die like we might have surmised initially and did not fall oh, off the Oh, uh, I'm I am a gas of surprise. Yes. <laughs> so Cheetor's initial reaction or no, Rhinox's initial reaction is just should we blast them? And Optimus is like, uh, let's keep that option open. But hold on for a sec. To which Dinobot is then sort of announces himself to the team, says, my name's Dinobot. I left the Predacons to join your group as leader. Everybody's <laughs> like, mm, okay. I, I like how he says, I left the Predacons like it was his idea. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Dinobot is infallibly com- confident in himself and just like, just, just like shoves his weight around without even thinking about what he's saying or anything. It's just like... <laughs> I'm just going to say whatever sounds good, essentially. The Cheetor is like, what? He wants to be leader or, or leader? Yeah. yeah, okay. I say Cheetor and then I go leader. So obviously, yeah. <laughs> Rhinox remarks that the guy's got bearings of chrome steel, which is <laughs> awesome line. Dinobot then challenges Optimus Primal, so he's challenging the leader of the other group now. It says the leader will or the winner shall lead the maximals maximals and the loser shall be destroyed. And that's where we have the episode conclude. Yep. And it looks like uh that Genesis game was called like uh it was like a you fought his giant monsters and it was not Rampage, ah uh, that was called. Primal Rage, that's it. Oh, oh okay, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> But there's no little humans eat to get your health back. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was it's, the episode. Yep. Good first episode, really. Yeah, I think it, it was, sets up a lot. Yeah, it, it definitely sets up a lot. For for the time when you think about it and how there were so many people that were getting up in arms about the Transformers series that was not robots and vehicles, they they hearken back a lot to the G1 stuff, like mentioning the Great War and the things that came with that. And, you know, if they got enough Energon, then they'd start it up again. So it was nice that they sort of tied that in. And as the series progresses, we'll see a lot more of that. Yeah, in terms of, like, any other Transformers series, this is the one that harkens back to G1 the most, I would say. Like, Yeah, and... I think it it also it does what seems to happen quite a few times not not very often but like people will announce oh we're going to do this reboot or something and then every like fans just will constantly destroy it or yell or complain and then it gets shown and they're like oh okay well this is better than we than we complain about sorry yeah. Can I missed all of that when I was a kid because I was just a little kid. I'm like, oh, cool, Transformers. Yeah, like, <laughs> like I, I didn't hear about that until much later. Where I like, I find like I'm I didn't know that was a thing. And, and it was like people hit, like riled against the the reboot or like didn't want it. Yeah. And like people had uh, opinions before the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, I actually f- I thought like I think uh, even the TF Wiki at one point says like, and the fa- fans complained for about five minutes. <laughs> it was the I think it was called they called it the the truck not monkey movement. <laughs> <laughs> 
And actually, now that I think about it, there's a YouTube video out there, if anybody's listening, it's called Another Rude Awakening of Optimus Prime. And it's essentially, they oh, took a bunch video. of stuff from an episode of Beast Wars and redubbed it. And one of the lines that Optimus Prime says to Optimus Primal is, I'm a truck, not some poo-slinging monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Those Brood Awakening videos are good. Oh, they're great. First time I came you're across gold them, bug so now. <laughs> Can I just be Bumblebee? Nope, you're Goldbug. <laughs> <laughs> so, going through now, we've actually got quite a few questions on the Facebook group. We, well, I say we, uh, John took uh, the opportunity yesterday to post on the CWA group on our behalf and thank you again to TWA if anybody had any questions that they wanted to ask for this episode got quite a few I'm hoping we'll be able to try and get most of them if not all of them of course as as well if anybody has any questions for any of the episodes feel free to shoot us an email the email is warandbeastpodcast at gmail.com we're on twitter now warandbeastpodcast and then, of course, we've got our Facebook group as well, and that's the War and Beast podcast. If you go on to Facebook, the the uh, excuse me, the the address is facebook.com slash group slash War and Beast podcast, and that's all one word. So, if anybody's got any questions or just want to join the group, if you like the the podcast, go right ahead. We're going to be up on iTunes uh, soon. I think we need like a three episode. We need three episodes minimum in order to to get onto iTunes. So, as soon as we're on iTunes, we'll let you guys know so that you can go ahead and subscribe. And of course, please rate us if you like us. If you don't like us. You know, I suppose rate us anyway. <laughs> it's your democratic right. Even if you I'm... don't like us, just rate, give us a really good rating as an ironic burn on us. It'll yeah. be really good. <laughs> well, just give us a five-star rating and then in the comments say one star. I think that's the thing people do. Yeah. So, yeah, if anybody wants to do that, go right ahead. We would not hold it against you whatsoever. But getting to uh, the questions, we <laughs> – I sort of alluded with the – the intro to this episode, uh, Mike from TWA actually asked the very first question, asking how unsettling is Optimus's well-defined gorilla butt? Honestly, I, we don't get to see it a lot in this episode. Yeah, no. Also, I don't have a problem with well-developed gorilla butts. I'm progressive like that. Yeah. My, my, it's, it's not what I'm into, but I mean, like, I mean, it, it, good butt's a good butt, right? Yeah, there you go. I, I, I if he was a baboon, would that be a problem? Yeah, could be potentially distracting. I think. Yeah, yeah it'd be more distracting. Depends how well developed the butt would be. Yeah, but uh, I I will say that while I, I I too am not a huge butt guy, I have been working on the same belly as Optimus Primal for the past decade or so. So yeah, I I have a belly that I'm sure any barrel slinging gorilla would be proud of. So <laughs> I, I I hold that in high regard. Uh, Mike also like later on in that thread, he had another question too. By the way. Yes. Like, uh, where was it? Oh, and he asked, why does Rat Trap have a Brooklyn accent? <laughs> Which we, we were asking about, too. Because he's I from think, Space Brooklyn. <laughs> well, I think it's because he, again, they have prior knowledge of Earth. And he was just like, you know what? I think I'm going to adopt that. That just seems to fit my personality. <laughs> you know what it what it could be, too, is with him becoming a rat, he might have looked at, okay, where were rats considered to be, like, really dangerous or... You know, really intimidating. And the first place that I would think of is New York because the rats are freaking huge. 
But he has I, that I, accent I, before he decides to be a rat. Yeah, that's yeah. true too. So I, I think, think like, I my theory, my my uh, theory is that all these guys had the an, most of the animal attributes that they chose animals that went along with their personality rather than their personality being di- being dictated by the animals. So I you are so always just growled randomly and purred. <laughs> It's just a thing he always did. But, like, it's really fucking weird. He's like, dude, okay? It's just how I am. Like, <laughs> don't judge. <laughs> him, and, him, and, him and Ocelot would get along really well. <laughs> I did well, like, like how um, uh, Joe yeah, replied. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the first, my first thing would be, that, you know, it's the same reason that Doctor Who has a, has a, a, a North accent, whatever that means. Uh, but in the first episode of, of the Christopher Eccleston, he says lots of planets have a North. You know, so <laughs> lots of, you know, lots of planets probably have a Brooklyn accent, Brooklyn, especially yeah. if it's weirdly translated to <laughs> to English. I'm sorry, Jordan. I, go right ahead. I was just saying, like, I liked how on the Facebook group, uh, Joe pointed out that him being from Brooklyn would definitely explain why he's as large as he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, And I was going to say, if he was going for the, the where rats would be the most dangerous, like, <laughs> Thinking at a very specific, like, our time, but really the time when the rats are the most dangerous was during the bubonic plague. Yeah. So really. He should have a Middle Ages accent. A, a Middle Ages accent. <laughs> so, so, so a British accent, because yeah. anything, anything that's more than anyone, anything more than a hundred years ago, everyone had a British accent. That's, sure. that's what everyone. we just tell me. <laughs> so Wade Cruz on the TWA group also asked if if they made a figure in the masterpiece line of one character from the first episode, who would you want to see the most? Um, I've got uh, I do know for a fact that they either are or they have I think they have released it now a masterpiece Optimus Primal. I think it might be like MP32 as far as their numbering scheme and it looked really really good. Yeah, I think I saw that too. Yeah, and the masterpiece line is the it's the black series or the or the uh, uh, what do they call the legends line or whatever. Yeah. Like it's the it's the um, thirty year olds buying action figures line. Yeah, yeah, I was looking at the Optimus Prime, like original Prime, and I was like, that looks really good. I really want that. <laughs> and the Starscream one. Uh, I would I want. Um, I would want the two cheetahs that Cheetor runs with. <laughs> <laughs> making that I, that face they have like the interchangeable faces one's the normal one's the really spooky yeah, yeah, yeah that's, they, the only that's that what those action figures are they always you like you switch the head off yeah exactly um i would go for just megatron is because he's a fucking t-rex and they're yes. cool <laughs> yeah i think megatron would would come out really really good if they haven't made it already i think that would be a really good one to have too Maybe you want, like, really pterosaur, pterosaur, but somehow you're able to actually make it change mass. You know what would be cool? Yeah. If they made if they made Beast Wars toys that like the the animal bits had like texture to match. So like Optimus Prime is like furry and like Megatron has got that has got that leathery like feel to it. That'd be so oh, cool. That'd be, yeah, that'd be yeah. really cool. I don't know if you guys remember the old Jurassic Park toys, but they were like yeah. that where like the, the T Rex had this kind of like leathery yeah, it was almost skin like a leathery, rubbery type of sort of skin to it. It would be yeah. cool to have like a uh, a Megatron like that. Yeah, yeah. I I probably would go for Dinobot, but I'd like your idea, like where it would have like that leathery kind of thing to it. But yeah. I think Dinobot's probably sure. the correct answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I'm just going to bring this one up just because I found it so funny that it even popped up there. <laughs> Jeremy Barton asks, what the fuck is this show? <laughs> so, Jeremy, you get a little shout out for that. Uh, in case you haven't realized by now, it's called Beast Wars. <laughs> it- that's a, that's a, that actually is an interesting thing because I've uh, spoken with people about doing this podcast and like people some people remember what Beast Wars is but some people don't. Yeah, it's 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 really interesting yeah. that it's it's this thing that was. I mean, I don't think it was ever like like you know ubiquitous. It wasn't one of those things. It was one of those those hobbies I had as a kid because I was getting just a little too old for action figures that I kind of played with. I played on my own. Rather than uh, rather than you know having it be a more social thing, yeah. um, but so it was never like ubiquitous everywhere. But I, I for people to like not even know that it exists, it's weird. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit surprising just because the the following that it got, even like later on after the show went off the air, how you know people just sort of seemed to gravitate towards it and remember how it was or discovered it later on. Yeah. Like for me growing up, I was one of the few people that I knew of in my town growing up who actually watched it, unfortunately. And that was probably a product as well that like for you, John, you had YTV growing up. Mm -hmm. For me, I had I didn't get YTV in my town until I was, I want to say, 13 or 14. So it it was quite. Yeah, it, it was a very small town. We only started out with like 13 channels on our cable system. Uh, gotcha. uh, it like we had, yeah, we had Fox before we had YTV. So I saw the sh- thinking back on it now, I saw Beast Wars first on Fox. And then I just happened to be, I think I was at a basketball tournament when I was in junior high and the hotel we were staying at had YTV and they showed an episode of, of beasties. And I'm like, Oh, this is the same show. And they got it on this channel. This is so cool. I'm like, man, now I wish I had the channel. And then like a year later, we wound up finally getting it. So, hmm. well, so yeah, awesome. living in rural Canada in the East sucked. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I mean, like I, I, I had a period of my life where we just had basic cable, definitely. But um, by the time Beast Wars came out, we had our cable. Yeah, so it's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, I guess we're on to another question here. Yes, next one in the line. Um, Alex Morris asked, "Who's your favorite character, and which version of them do you like best?" Um, for me, as a kid, it was Cheetor. I really liked Cheetor as a kid. Um, I kind of gravitate towards like those kind of characters, like the like like I said before, like I uh, Tim Drake's my favorite Robin, and Robin's one of my favorite superheroes. Period. Because yeah. I just I, and and when I was a kid, and I played Batman and Robin with my brother, I was Robin, he was Batman. So I kind of I kind of identified with those uh sidekick characters but watching it like today just now like megatron is really up there for me oh like, yeah he's he's amazing with his like his like delightfully evil attitude <laughs> and uh, i would say best version i guess i like cheater when he goes trans metal just because i like the trans metal look a lot and i think that it matches the toy better because they made him a little bit thicker looking yeah and it kind of matches to how the toy looks Plus yeah. I like the Cheetor Transmetal toy. Yeah, I, think a looks, friend of mine I, had I wanted it. that so bad. I never got it. Um, I think uh, R- Rhinox is my favorite right now of the, at least of the characters that are that were in this episode. I I do remember really liking Dinobot when I was younger. I liked the sort of you know, and I mean I was I liked Wolverine and I liked all the you know I liked the, the sort of roguish characters that were also the only characters that were written well in a lot of these '90s shows. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, but I, I I think I think Dinobot was a favorite. I also liked. I think we all brought up Tigertron and who's Tigertron the, was who's, up there too for me. Who's the uh, who's the 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 hawk that shows Air up Razor? Yeah, Air Razor. Yeah, I remember yeah. liking liking Air Razor and also like the the relationship between Air Razor and Tigertron. Yeah, I don't remember very much nice. about it at all, but I remember liking it. Mm-hmm. They were the two ones who preferred to live in the wild than on the ship. I think right, they kind right. of had yeah. a friendship from that. Yeah. yeah. What about um, you, Jordan? Well, as I made clear to you guys before, and will probably become more obvious once we get there, but I always liked uh, the Fuser Silverbolt. Yeah. Yeah. I figured you were going to pick that. <laughs> yeah, because he's he's that he's that kind of like lawful dumb, but still good. Yeah. You know, like you know, he's all like for justice and honor and. And his his theme song has trumpets playing gallantly <laughs> in the background. If that gives you any indication, and it's just it's just one of those things where like I like those characters and I like them when they're actually new when they actually make them nuance or give them good stories, which they did for Silverbolt uh, later on in the, in the series. But like even back when when Ducktales and Darkwing Duck were on, mm-hmm. I liked. When Gizmo Duck was on Darkwing Duck, not yeah. on, because he had the Superman complex on Ducktales, where like the character in the in the suit was like, "Am I good enough to be a hero?" On Darkwing Duck, he didn't care because he didn't have to do that. He it wasn't part of his story, so mm-hmm. he was just over the top. Gizmo Duck shall save the day, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and it just it ticked off uh, Darkwing Duck so much. And yes. And in in some ways, like Silverbolt's kind of like that too. And <laughs> like, oh, there's there's some there's some moments that when we get to it that I'll be just gushing about. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to that. But yeah. But I just also want to point out, just as as a side of how much I actually like this, like a while back, like my friends would pl- would do like our online. Uh, like RP games with journal with like online journals, like they would be like text based uh, RP things. <laughs> and for a while, I was getting in. Lo- I like I was getting into that, and I was making characters and stuff. And I actually did make a journal for Silverbolt and played him a bit. Oh, and nice. yeah, the the journal name was Flying Fleabag, by the way. <laughs> yeah, nice. I, I enjoy making up names. Like I actually made a Zordon account for a quick thing, and I called it Tubular Sage. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, but the best, thing I, the best thing that I did with the Silverbolt character was there was this like meme thing where it was like easily distracted supervillain, and it was based off that Hostess fruit pie thing, you know, like <laughs> oh evil, but I can't fight you, so have a host. And he got into a fight, well, a conversational fight with Cobra Commander, <laughs> and it just got oh back. God. At one point, he actually like he like had his bomb on the phone to to berate Cobra Commander. <laughs> <laughs> well, for for me, my favorite character is cliche as it sounds is Optimus, and that it's harkens, a good choice. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it harkens back for me just because I grew up with G one as a, when I was really little, and I really gravitated towards G one Optimus, probably because my like G one Optimus was very gruff, but he was very fair, and you know he almost diplomatic in a sense and it optimus primal in the same aspect as the series goes you you know he 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 has that gruffness to him but he also has that other side that you're like you know he wanted to be an explorer he didn't want to fight in a war he he wanted to 
you know, have a more civil sort of life outside of, of this being stranded on this planet. And it's, it's, you know, it's a nice dynamic to it. And I also thought that, uh, Gary Chalk did a really, really good job voicing him. Um, yeah. Like I'm the voice of Optimus Prime and a bunch of the shows after that one. Yes. Too. I, I think of the, the two main guys, I think Gary Chalk has done it the second most compared to the, the main guy who is his, why is the name escaping me out? Peter Cullen. Peter Cullen's voiced him the most. Um, Jerry, Jer- Gary Chalk has voiced him a pretty close second now, uh, at least in the series aspect. So for me, like it's almost Peter Cullen, and Gary Chalk are almost, you know, interchangeable to me. Like I could have seen Gary Chalk doing Optimus Prime and I could have seen Peter Cullen doing Optimus Primal. Like I think they both could have done really well. And to an extent, Gary Chalk has done that in, in the future sh- series that he did. Um, I think it would have been really interesting to have heard Peter Cullen take his take on Optimus Primal, but you know, it's that, that wishes if if wishes were fishes, so to speak, I guess in that sense. So I would say the dip, main difference between Optimus Prime and Primal is that Prime is the ideal; he's already there, yeah, and Primal's growing as a leader and yes. still getting a handle on his uh, responsibilities and who he is. Oh, definitely. Which is yeah. a little bit more interesting in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's nice to see that sort of character arc rather than just having it automatically established. So, so going through here, Joe on the Facebook group asks, describe your own Beast Wars character you created as a kid or would have created. I actually didn't do that because uh, like Beast Wars was at the tail end where I wasn't so much as a kid making up my own things. I was more likely just playing with either with the toys or just watching the show. Yeah, I've never really been to making OCs and stuff like that for <laughs> other other properties. Like I made my own characters for sure, but I didn't make it like, oh, here's my guy in yeah. Transformers. Here's my guy in you know Ninja Turtles or whatever. Like I didn't really do that. But if I had to create one, like he's asking, or would have created, probably would have made some kind of chameleon lizard thing. Because I think that as a kid, yeah, as a kid, I think I was really into shape shifting and like color, like camouflage thing. So that's probably what I would have done if I if I had if I made one as a kid. Nice. So I uh, I never did a an OC as they say. However, um, because I did have. at one point, I had the Optimus, the big Optimus Primal, and the big Megatron, um, but I also got the weird, the alligator Megatron and the bat Optimus Primal, and I wrote some sort of elaborate storyline in my head because I lost a bunch of pieces to my Optimus to the point that like I couldn't, like it didn't, it, it didn't even like have enough pieces. Like I, it was not, I didn't like playing with it anymore, but. I did have all the pieces to the little bat Optimus. So I had some sort of storyline wherein Optimus's body was like downgraded uh, to become uh, to become the bat. And so it like sort of set him at a disadvantage against Megatron and the Predacons. So kind of opposite what happens to really in the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Because I didn't I definitely didn't own any trans metals. Yeah. So. Well, I think that would have been a cool take, too. It would have been yeah. something interesting to have seen in like an episode. I mean, one thing that's weird about those toys is I can I can see T Rex to alligator, gorilla to bat just seems so weird. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Well, they probably just they were probably just extra like it was just a you know an extra like design model that they had, and they were like, well, let's stick the Optimus head on it. Yeah, that's probably what it was. Yeah, probably. Yeah, for for me, I didn't like you guys. I didn't really think of anything like detail as far as like an OC type of character. Every once in a while, I would you know just offhand like well what if they had this sort of animal what it would be like and i think the one that that sort of sticks out in my mind when i was a kid i think was an elephant i don't know how well that would have worked fitting an elephant into into the ship but i that suppose that would be cool like one that hangs out on the ship one like tiger uh tigertron or air razor like this elephant yeah. guy out there that would be pretty cool yeah and i think like for me an elephant i think i probably would have had it where it, in his robot form, his trunk when it turned into like a giant elephant gun. Oh yeah, <laughs> right, like uh, like a Megazord. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That does it does seem to be a an obvious animal that was that was definitely omitted. Yeah. Uh, the only like I mean, you had it's like on the one hand, like yeah, you had you have rhinox, which is pretty a rhino is pretty close to an elephant, but you also have two different kinds of spiders. Yeah, so. Yeah, you could you could definitely have done have done that. Maybe, of course, I guess I guess the thing is, if you have two different kinds of spiders, you basically make the same toy twice, mm-hmm. or at least the same you know transformation bits twice. Yeah. My 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 first thought with a trunk would be a sniper rifle because of how long it is. But I'm like, nah, an elephant wouldn't do that. Do that? They're too bulky. So I think it would be like a rocket launcher type thing, like a like a big mm-hmm. over the shoulder one. Right. He would be he'd be a de- he'd be like a, de- a a demolitions expert. Yeah. Like rat trap. <laughs> Only much bigger. Although Only much bigger. Of rat trap. Oh my god! Could you imagine the adventures of Rat Trap and an elephant? <laughs> what is what was Transformers name be? Uh, I don't know. Probably you, you probably has a, yeah. You probably Jump something like trunk. that. Oh, Fantor! <laughs> oh my god! Dumbo. <laughs> I think That's Disney would have had a field day with that one. <laughs> you know, though, in the cart, if he was in the cartoon, at some point, someone would call him that. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. They would have def- like I could have seen a whole dynamic where this elephant and Rat Trap, like Rat Trap, would have been the voice, and the elephant would have been like sort of the silent sidekick type deal, oh, sort of like in Looney Tunes. Oh my god! <laughs> so perfect. Why is this oh. not a thing? <laughs> so, speaking of Dumbo, though, the 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 trunk and and stuff is not a gun. It's a jetpack. And including, and the ears are like wings. Mm. Oh my god, that's that's pretty great. That could have could been be his both. transmetal form. It could be a jetpack and a gun. Yeah, that's yeah. That that makes that that's that makes Beast Wars sense. Yeah, it can like it, it's it's like on his back, right? But then it, he like slides it under his arm as like a gun thing. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that totally, oh, that totally makes then, sense. Then maybe it would be like a flamethrower because instead of like shooting water from his trunk, he's shooting flames. That's. <laughs> You know what, Hasbro? Like, hire us. <laughs> there you go, Hasbro. We will, you will. You can just start printing off the money now. Uh, didn't Joe also ask why? Oh yeah, why Earth is such a Cybertronian ship magnet? And I think Alex yes. answered it pretty much. Yeah. yeah, the comment that they made after that. Yeah, it's it's because Earth has the dankest energon crystals, of course. It's true. <laughs> That's sweet, sweet energon. Also, this isn't Earth. This is Earth with two moons. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
but even definitely notice that one, again. On they the they, they seem to be able to get energon rather easily from our energy sources. Like the conversion process was was really easy. Yeah, they were like, oh, Earth's got a lot of resources. That's kind of why they wanted to like. Yeah, yeah that makes, guess, makes sense. Yes, it does over over planets. Versus like yeah, I mean versus like the eight other planets in the in the in the solar system. Wasn't there another question? Because this is I'm impatient. This is one I wanted to answer. Uh, okay. The one that. Uh, the Joel? favorite, the favorite toy that was not <laughs> a character in the series. So yes, and who you um, would want to voice them? Okay. But uh, who Joel, was asked Joel, by Joel Waldner asked that. Joel is a, is another audio entropy guy. <laughs> yeah, he's the well. He's he's on Teenagers with Attitude, and he also does the Digital Moncast, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. So uh. So my answer to that is straight up. It is Polar Claw, which is the polar bear, and that is because. I didn't like that I had toys that were not in the show. Um, I had not Waspinator that I would always pretend was Waspinator. I don't remember. I don't even remember what the name of the of the Is toy was. Buzzsaw. Buzz. I think Buzzsaw. I think that's yeah. right. Because he was, wasn't that one of the fusers though. Like he was like a, a wasp and praying mantis thing. No, no. We must. Uh, no, I, I think. I think, must I be think else Buzzsaw was just a redeco of Waspinator. Ah. Uh, yeah. Cause I yeah cause yeah cause I got that I got him and him and Rhinox were the first two that I got but but I had Polar Claw that I got for for Christmas you know because I wanted the I wanted the two fifteen dollar ones that that was Scorp Scorpionock and and Polar Claw and Polar Claw of course was never in the show um, and it just always bugged me because like I didn't have you know because I didn't want to play with care I wanted to I was like why do I have this when I don't have Dinobot or I don't have Black Arachnia or or whatever yeah. So, no. And uh, and so I wanted him to be in the show, and I'm going to say I wanted Steve Bloom to voice him because <laughs> Steve Bloom's the best voice actor. Stole my voice actor. So I was going to say <laughs> he can voice wolf, yours too. Wolf Fang is a toy that I had as a kid, and he's a badass wolf one. So like, and how is a wolf not voiced by Stephen Bloom, right? Yeah, that that makes sense. Uh, Polar Claw can be Stephen Bloom with a British accent, and yours can. He can definitely do more than one guy because I and there was there was a scene in like a um he was in um he was a Green Goblin in Spectacular Spider Man, and he's like talking to a a a mook, and the the mook is also voiced by Steve Bloom. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, anytime in anytime in Rebels that Zeb beats up uh, stormtroopers, yeah, he's probably all of the voices in that scene. Uh, I it took me a while to think of it, uh, but I had to look and I had to look it up the character. But there was a there was another fuser that was never in the show called Air Hammer. And if you don't remember that one, that's basically the hawk with a hammerhead shark head on it. That's oh yeah, <laughs> that is <laughs> that is like pure beauty. <laughs> like that is so, and it's like I like I had to look it up on the on the wikis, and they were talking about how he's like the 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 best combination of both in air and sea as one of the best predators and people who like meet him. He's, he's quiet and stoic and stuff because he's always look, looking and waiting for the right time to strike. And, and, but he's also a, a maximal. So I was trying to figure, at least I think he was a maximal, but it I must've been because maximals were like birds and mammals. Yeah. And so I was trying to think like who would be a good voice for him. And I was like, I like, and so I was really just trying to think who had like a calm, cool, wisery voice. And so I had to look it up as well. But Phil Lamar did the voice oh, of yeah. Samurai Jack. And I think yes. if he did that voice for, for Air Hammer, that would be perfect. Yeah. Phil Lamar is a great actor. 
Yes. For me, because um, I had to go back through the list because I could not remember all the toys. And there was one that, that stuck out to me, and it was the Orca Whale Elephant Fusor, which sort of harkens back to, to me like the elephant idea. Yeah, I, I found it. I was like, <laughs> That's oh, my a thing? God. Yeah. It, it, what was its name? It's uh, Torca. That was the name of it. <laughs> Porca. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty crazy. And really, as far as a voice actor, like I really wanted, I would have loved to have had Mark Hamill in something. I don't think he could have. I don't know if he could have pulled off that role. But somebody, Mark, Mark Hamill can do a lot of voices. I mean, yeah. he wouldn't do the Joker. Oh God, no. <laughs> oh, I know, I know who uh, Kevin Conroy. I think he could have probably done because he's yeah, got a nice Batman. deep voice. Yes, Batman could have. I could see him do Torca. Batman could have totally pulled off a, a orca elephant combo. I also want to honorable mention. Robot. Um, I want to honorable mention that if they did the uh, the if they did if they did some sort of story arc with Bat Optimus and and uh, Alligator uh, uh, Megatron, I think that that could have been. There's some storytelling potential there. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I was just gonna say Torca's robot form looks a lot like Rhinox. Yeah, very similar. Ooh, ooh, alternate reality. It was an alternate reality where they had different, where there were different animals, and then you could do like the whole, you could do like every, all of them are the same, like Rat Trap, but he's a, but he's like a, a gopher, and like, <laughs> and Rhinox is an elephant, and Cheetor is a like house cat. Yeah, I like this. It kind of goes into the, the next question a little bit, but I'm not sure if everyone's answered that first, that last one, did they? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so Christopher R. Bo Shalas, sorry, just taking the question there. What if they were dogs instead? And then Joe <laughs> says, just a Transformers team comprised of domestic animals, which is pretty much what you just said. But I'm going to take Christopher's question a different way. They're dogs that transform into other animals. <laughs> so they're like dog animorphs? Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So, so then are the, predo- are the Predacons cats? Oh no, my they're God. dogs that transform into in the insects and reptiles <laughs> replace robot with dog, not robot and the dog. So, so dog wait, into whatever <laughs> would, would the Optimus character be like a doggy Kruger then it transforms into like an anthropomorphic, <laughs> anthropomorphic dog. Well, he transforms into a gorilla. So I don't know if, if that's what doggy Kruger is to you, I guess. Mm. Sure. <laughs> And the show would be so Doggy Kruger something. is, or, 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 so Optimus is just like literally like evolution. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, they also can't talk because I mean it, it doesn't specify that dogs can talk, so they're just they just bark at each other and then <laughs> turn into animals and bite. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll 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 take it. I still I think it would be I think it would be a better um, better if it was more of a, an homage to the classic 1990s. Uh, uh, movie uh, Cats and Dogs, where the where the cats are the oh. are the villains. I don't, I, I, I don't a cat turning into a spider. That Imagine that right now. I like how the the cat assassin was a Russian blue hair cat <laughs> and had a I Russian remember, accent. I remember that, that the cats teamed up with the mice because they were going to give them a lot of Colby Jack cheese and um and Australia. <laughs> <laughs> but everything tries to kill you in Australia. They didn't know that. Not if oh, all true. of the not if all animals are anthropomorphic, and you are the animal that is the anthropomorphic ruling class. I suppose. So, so you would have the technology of the cats to you know enslave all of the kangaroos. Yeah. 
So I think we got time for, for probably one more question. I think we'll try and see about trying to, to answer the rest on the next episode. Fortunately, with the, the time that we've been going, we're, good idea. Uh, we're, we're, we're I don't think we're going to. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna have enough to, to answer them all here. So we'll we'll, we'll tackle one more. Almost um, three hours. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm gonna apologize ahead of time in case I butchered the name. Is it Horde? Or that's what I was thinking. Since there's not an E. Yeah, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to assume it was George. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, he he asked which Beast Wars character, and I suppose Joel is gonna love this one because he's on the Digital Moncast. But he asked what character is secretly a Digimon. I would almost posit that there that there is only one character that's secretly not a Digimon, and that might be <laughs> Rhinox, since he never gets to evolve in the entirety of the series. That's true. I didn't think about the evolution yeah. angle. <laughs> I like this too because I've been watching Digimon recently and playing the PSP game, so it's pretty. I'm gonna I'm gonna well, say I don't think that they, these these are not they're not similar enough. I don't think there is a Digimon a Digimon aspect to this show. I I was I. I have a. My, I take. I take issue with that. My answer is Scorponok because of how dedicated he is to Megatron. He is his Digimon partner. So, so Megatron is the Digi Destin. Yes. Okay. Scorponok is his Digimon partner. That's a. That's a. That's an argument. I don't. <laughs> Maybe that's why. Not hundred percent. I think. So well. I think if any, but I mean, if I had to choose, it'd be Rat Trap because he's the only thing that's smaller than a human. But Did you want to be smaller that's... than humans? Yeah, they start out smaller than humans. <laughs> I mean, th- yeah, they're. I don't know. I feel like Digimon and Pokemon have that like they need to start like they need to start out in that like pink blob form. I'm just gonna say it. Obviously, they're nothing it's... like Digimon. I'm just trying to answer the question. Okay, okay. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm, just, I'm just. I'm just like that's. I feel like you can. You know, the, what if they're dogs instead? That. That's a better question. It's a question that we can have a discussion about. I just feel like, did did you? Which one is secretly a Digimon? Like you, uh, just uh, it assumes too much. I got to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> this is no nonsense. I was just going to guess Cheetor just because of his his plucky attitude. No, that that's a good answer. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. He would definitely be like an Agumon type. Yeah. yeah, I think that well, because he because he he also evolves twice. Yeah, that's true. And and Shidor is painfully optimistic. Yeah, which I think is is a trend of Digimon, if I remember. Until right. his last evolution, <laughs> and then he's not so much. <laughs> then he's like my that's teenager. His, that's his that's his nightwing <laughs> phase. Yeah, <laughs> robot puberty. Uh. <laughs> So yeah, those are uh, the questions that we've been able to to take a look at tonight. Again, guys, I apologize for the ones we weren't able to to get to. We are definitely going to try and get the rest of those on the next episode, and probably some of the the new ones that will that will ask you guys to submit. We shouldn't just ask; and just do these ones, and then on episode <laughs> three, ask point. again. Yeah, that might be a better idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, just keep at. I mean, it's not like they're it's send your like questions. Episode specific. Send, send, send the questions. Yeah. yeah, we'll we'll read them if they're we'll read them eventually, or we won't if they're bad. Like I think maybe <laughs> if we had a better screening process, we wouldn't have asked the question about the Digimon thing. You know? <laughs> I feel bad for Montoya here, man. And of, course, and of course, the guy that we couldn't pronounce his name also. <laughs> I said his last name because it seemed easier to pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> but at this time, again, guys, it's 
been fun. Thank you again for, for popping on this episode. And uh, we will see everybody probably in a week's time. We're uh, going to be trying to post stuff every Saturday on Audio Entropy. So going through, we should, I'll be trying to get this up and running for this Saturday, get everything edited up, and hopefully it'll be sounding well. But again, if you have any questions, any comments, feel free to hit us up on Twitter uh, at Beast or at War and Beast Podcast or the Facebook group uh, War and Beast Podcasts on Facebook. And as well, if, or if you just want to go and check us out on audioentropy.com or the TWA Facebook group, we've got that there. And finally, if uh, you want to just shoot us an email, uh, let us know how we're doing. Uh, we're always good for feedback. Uh, constructive criticism is always good criticism in my book anyway. Uh, so if you want to shoot us an email, you can shoot us an email at warrenbeastpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, anything that you guys want to plug since the last time that we spoke or anything you want to, to mention? Um, I think the as if podcast that I mentioned before in the episodes here is still going on. They're still doing, it's almost wrapping up actually. And actually the, this, the episode the, that, uh, the last week that uh, you know that comes before this episode goes up was it was being hosted by Jesse Cooper, I believe his name is, and he hosts another podcast that I also listen to that people might like. It's called Turn to Page, and they basically he takes a one of those old choose your own own adventure young adult books and they go through it and then discuss it, and it's oh, nice. it's kind of fun because I mean you know if you if you if you ever read those books you know they they were kind of odd and then they the, were you know and then you just like look, read them die. now. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of like there was one episode where it actually like the thing is like we have a lot of kid deaths because they were kid detectives. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> um, I recorded an episode of I guess it's I'm just gonna call it Kendall Cast. Uh, it's on iTunes under on my on my Kendall Cast feed. Uh, I decided that the idea of um, actually having a podcast that I host that has like a theme was a little outdated for me, so I just sort of rambled for 20 minutes and posted it. Uh, so if you've listened to all the other podcasts on the internet, uh, give Ke- <laughs> give Kendall Cast a listen. Nice. You've heard everything else, now listen to this. <laughs> you've heard the rest, now you're this. Also, I'm at K Hallman on Twitter, I rarely tweet. <laughs> and I rarely update my Tumblr and Twitters and... My Tumblr is dangerchair.tumblr.com, and my Twitter is at johndar726. I am going to be trying to update more art and stuff on my Tumblr, but we'll see how that goes. My recent one was uh, fan art for our sister podcast, Teenagers of Attitude. I saw that one. That was awesome. Thank you. What what was the name of... What what did they decide on the name for that? Was it Uh, Bellini? Beanie. Oh, beanie! That's what it was, and, and that's and I, I I tried to do a visual gag there of them both wearing beanies. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go, folks. Uh, again, we'll try and have the episode up on Saturday, and then going forward, we'll try and have one every week for you. It's been fun. Uh, we'll see you guys hopefully in a week, and uh, everybody stay safe and let's roll. Maximize. <laughs> Terrorize! If I oh, could yeah. do the buzz sound effect of Waspinator, that's just prime. <laughs> I suppose we should close out the episode. I keep forgetting. Uh, I've been Greg. 
Oh. I'm John. <laughs> I've been Jordan. I'm, I'm Kendall. <laughs> it's been a week. Hello. Welcome to the War and Beast podcast, a podcast where we don't have enough time for creating catchphrases because we're too busy staring at Optus. God damn it, I missed that up. <laughs> We're too busy staring at Optimus's well-defined gorilla butt. So See, much that you can mess up. That I mess that I mess up the catchphrase. <laughs> do you want to do, do, yeah, do it? Do you want to do it again? Should we do that again? Yeah, we should probably do that again. <laughs> yeah, you can put this at the end. It's like, oh, yeah. oh my god! Yes, that's what I'll do. I'll put it at the end. Well, yeah, the director's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and I even had it typed out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, stutter. Lion face. Uh, lemon face. Okay. All right. So 